0: What's in store for your business this week at Staples?
1: doing business like a ceo
2: while saving like a cfo staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile now that is an achievement everything from markers and pens to 2019 desk calendars
1: and right now a 12 pack of sharpie markers and an eight pack of expo dry erase markers are only $4.99 each
2: at staples where there's a whole lot in store ends 1/19/19 in store only
0: The Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio is on the air.
2: What is at eye level? I reduct you at absurd and look at the headlines. Politics to pop culture, from the corporate to the individual. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, we take a not so serious look at the serious issues of the day. Whether it's politics, economics, social issues, music, or old movies and TV shows, we discuss everything the corporate media overlooks while making you laugh at the absurdity of it all. Hell, you've got to have a sense of humor about life. Just look at the headlines. So join me, Matt G., and me, Doc Savage.
0: Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, as we navigate the sea of trolls, talking points, and trickery,
2: we we'll try to figure out a way to be there when tomorrow comes.
0: At eye level, bringing more to you
2: only on the Big Poppin' Network on Blog Talk Radio. seven p.m. Eastern, four p.m. Pacific. Tune to Third Eye Cinema, your source for in-depth discussion of cult cinema with a focus on film that matters. Cult, Grindhouse, Drive In, Independent and Underground Film from the dawn of the Talkies through the early nineties. This is a forum where we explore genre film and music from around the world, in-depth conversation and career analysis with directors, actors and musicians, and open discussion on films that matter, those that fall outside the mainstream corporate film by Boardman committee. These are the province of the author, the visionary, the dreamer, the outsider. None of that direct that passes for mainstream film these days. This is all about the glory days of independent cinema from all over the world. Any of the hotbeds of obscure, oddball, or generally wild cinema available on DVD from the dawn of the medium to this very day. Join us as we delve deep into the cinematic netherworld here on Third Eye Cinema. Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio. And as we navigate the vagaries of uh, dealing with blog talk radio uh, and wait for Mr. Lewis Paul to join us, here's some break music. Yes, I am. Okay, so let's play the opening scene. <laughs> this is the fun of dealing with Block Talk Radio, ladies and gentlemen. The All Things Wild and Wonderful and all the World of salt and sand. Tonight, we close out Season 4 with the EuroSpy discussion on the Big Pop Online Network on Block Radio. of the fourth season of Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine, uh, your guide to all things wild and wonderful in the world of cult entertainment. Drop from first spell and join me, Doc Savage, and my co-host, Lewis Paul, as we try not to get overly discombobulated with all the technical difficulties Blog Talk presents us every week, uh, and discuss the beloved, the hated, the weird, and the wonderful world of cult film, music, television, and more. So, tonight, uh, let's see if I can get there. This is how crazy this thing is. Uh, it's still showing all of our reads. That was last week's show. Here we go. In the wake of the surprising worldwide success of the James Bond films, movie makers around the globe raced to put forth their own homegrown versions of MI6's Favorite Son, occasionally utilizing pre-existing detective or spy stories like Belgium's Francis Copland, Germany's Rolf Turing, but more often creating their own from scratch. Uh, directors from such nations as Italy, Spain, Germany, and France in particular would release a flurry of pictures revolving around such recurring uh, characters as OSS-117, Commissar X, Agent X-17, Jerry Cotton, and even Lemmy Caution, who we'll be discussing next season. Uh, we've already addressed many British spy TV series, Jeremy uh, Edgar Wallace, and Dr. Mabuza Creamies, and James Bond himself. So join us this week as we take on the rest of the Euro Spy canon, only here on Weird Scenes Inside the Goldmine. So as I mentioned, I'm Doc Savage, and... And with me is my equally discombobulated host, Mr. Lewis Ball. Hello, Lewis.
0: Hello. Uh, I'm, I'm not as discombobulated as I thought it would be. Very calm. Very calm. Oh, um, good for you. <laughs> well, wow. and, and I'm melting. I'm melting.
2: Yeah, it's very is that why here. you said you're in with no lube? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that, was, that was a different was kind, of back kind of joke.
0: That was a different kind of joke. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're co- we're covering Eurospy tonight, um, because actually it's a genre I really like. I really like British spy films, and uh, you know from there I kind of move back, forward, inside, outside, and uh, was uh, at some point um, I had, uh, you know uh, I want to thank John Donaldson, a longtime friend of mine. Uh, who pointed me in many directions for information about movies I didn't even know existed, and then um, I managed to track down a hell of a lot of them, and I saw a hell of a lot of them, and uh, quite a few of them I really liked. It's a it's a very weird genre. It's it's uh, it's almost like how do you say you know you you have your uh, Let's say uh, and movies you like a lot: the early Saint films, and the uh, right. uh, the, the Leslie Charteris books, and the uh, even the Mr. Moto. Let's throw those in. You know, yeah, you know, Warner Owen. You know those kind of things. A little mystery, a little PI, a little detective, a little that, a little this. And then when the Cold War came and became a reality, um, Ian Fleming. You know, we we don't need to go into this at length. We we did a Bond show last year, but or was it earlier this year? And, it was last year. Um, last year, okay. Yeah, Ian Fleming was a was an author, and uh, he churned out a bunch of short stories, books, and uh, it became very popular. And before you knew about it, we had a bunch of movies based on his novels and short stories. These things. Suddenly, exploded. I mean, uh, Sean Connery was the first Bond, then to many the most beloved. He had a, dick swinging swagger about him. You know, not a classically handsome man. He was a Scot. He had, but, you know, he was very good looking. He was a very interesting looking fellow. And that, it's funny that all the Bond movies, had, a. Actor in the leading part who was not your classically good-looking male model. Even George Lazenby, who did his one-off, which is well regarded by a lot of people, wasn't your normal-looking male model type. You know, it's a very interesting thing there. So, uh, what what I'm leading into is that because these pictures were so popular, and because the let's let's just go with the Italians for a moment, they. They blew their wad with the, with the uh, I hate to say sword and sand, but the peplums. You know, they were, they were very well done. A lot of them are very, almost all of them are enjoyable. Uh, you probably saw them on Saturday morning TV. Um, some of them, very few got DVD releases or PHS releases. Uh, Bava did a few. Um, and then, you know, as that was winding down, they did the the westerns. So, around the you know the mid '60s, what what else can the Italians and the companies that are doing co-productions with the the French, the German, and uh, the Spaniards? Um, what else could they hit, hit into? And that was the Euro spy genre. And um, these things you you, you gotta love. Uh, some of them. So crazy and the, the uh sadism really, really I I noticed in a lot of these really, really weird its ugly head a couple of times. Things haven't show up in like wo- uh women's prison films later on or Franco type <laughs> movies which show up in early Euro spy flicks.
2: Um do you have anything before we gander well, about just in general, uh, I've got to say that, you know, I had gotten introduced to this stuff, back-ass word, because it was... Stuff like the uh, Mabuza Films and more especially the Edgar Wallace oh, yes. films that I was oh, watching yes. First I mean obviously the Bond films And mm-hmm. things like that you know growing up with the Saint and The Avengers and all those sort of shows but In terms of the films themselves I've been seeing a couple things like uh, you know the Salt and Pepper movies that uh, Sammy Davis Jr. they were Peter Lawford or you know The um, Fathom and Those Flint movies that everybody seems to Love that really kind of suck or The, the Dean Martin ones yeah, which are a, a little bit better Yes
0: the Edgar the,
2: the, the all of those movies, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely uh, a precedent
0: there.
2: Yeah, they,
0: yeah
2: and the, uh, yeah. like I said, the the D. Martin ones, like the silencers, the Matt Helm pictures, those are kind of fun. But, you know, that's kind of where it was at. You know, I didn't see that many of these things until. Mm-hmm. You were talking about them a lot. And I was like, you know, I didn't really want to tap into Eurospy because there's so many of these damn things. And I had seen so few of them. So few of them actually came over here on DVDs or even on VHS back when, unless you were going through the gray market. Uh, but you know you were so hot on them, and I was like, yeah. You know, I had watched a lot of other stuff. I, you got me into watching the Eddie Constantine films, which we're going to talk about next season, because uh, I had never seen those either. Uh, than Alphaville, which you know I didn't care for at the time. Not that I'd seen it, uh, but. You know, I had gone through all this stuff. I'd watched the Franco stuff. I'd watched it, you know, catching up on these various things where they kind of bordered on Eurospy. Uh, we had rewatched all the Edgar Wallace ones and the Mabuzas just because, you know, not only did we talk about it on the show, and that got my wife interested again. She liked these originally, and we had seen them a while back, but a lot of them were just on VHS. And I may have even said that on the show. But since that show had aired and we had listened to it again, she got all excited again. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Let me just upgrade them to at least DVD R, you know, what, what didn't come out already on a real DVD of some sort. Uh, so I did that. And after that, you know, like I said, I watched Danny Connolly films. And I'm like, you know, let's try these Eurospy films. You're always talking about them. So I got a batch of them. And that turned into another batch, and another ba- you know small batches, but nonetheless <laughs> it, it kind of built up, so I ended up seeing at least you know forty or fifty of these damn things uh, oh so my God. the way we're gonna, God. yeah the way we 're going to end up doing this thing tonight. And i' already give you a list of what I'd be talking about we 're going to kind of you know other than some whatever reviews or anything you want to pitch in uh you actually and this is one thing I wanted to say uh you were actually the guy that had originally reviewed these and was on the back of a good portion of them uh through something weird. Uh, which was hilarious to me. And sometimes my wife's like, what the hell is he talking about? That never happened. That's not the focus of this film. So uh, you'll notice that mine, not because of that, but my uh, descriptions may differ wildly from what you're saying. And I figured it'd be fun to kind of go back and forth and compare and contrast. Uh, you know, oh, I wasn't sitting there reading yours and saying, let well, me you know this. It's just, yeah. go ahead. Well, my, 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 well, the, I have to say
0: that I did look at all of those and I did review all of those. But you know, one of the things is uh Lisa don't hold me to uh don't nail me to the cross on this one. This was the thing that Mike, Brainy had on me to do is try to stay positive if you can. <laughs> and so um as best I can I tried to find something in these movies that, you know, we're, we're, you know.
2: Listen, every month I do this for all our reviews for things like Vinegar Syndrome. Believe it or not, as nasty as I get uh, for when I was reviewing that company that should no longer be named, the Dr. Who audios. uh, And, of course, the music things. I do try to always find something positive about it to say, okay, well, at least they have good production or at least, you know, some of the acting is good. I didn't entirely prostitute myself. I mean, if something was
0: pure shit,
2: oh yeah, I just
0: didn't review it. Yeah, you know. and
2: anybody that reads Third Eye knows exactly how blunt and nasty I can get. It's just the point of you, yeah. know, you do try to. You, you're not trying to make enemies here necessarily. It's like, well, you know, they're giving you stuff. You want they want you to review it. They going to get some promotion. Let's try to at least not spin yeah. it, but you know at least say, well, okay, I don't really like X, Y, and Z, and all this is just whole fucking crap and screw this. Uh, and I'm going to make fun of these fat people over here and these ugly people over here. But uh-huh. there's something good yeah. about this product that you may enjoy. And if you're into you yeah, know, yeah. chubby Chasing any, and you're into thing, you know, <laughs> the
0: other thing too is once submitted, uh, once submitted, the, you know, there might have got things. that got confused. I know I have a couple of Eddie Constantine. Uh, DVDRs with uh, mm-hmm. with the wraparound covers that uh, I'm like no, I think this is a different movie. So it,
2: yeah. that did happen and- uh, and, and on occasion too. And again, I don't want to give you the impression it's not like I sat there and said, "What's what Lewis wrote," and then you know, write my rebuttal. No, no, I sat there, and watched these movies, I wrote my usual like I would watching a Vigor Syndrome or whatever the hell else, and you know, picking up funny points, picking up stuff that happened. You know, this is ridiculous, whatever, or or this was really good, or you know, all oh, these <laughs> stars. And then when I looked at them, I was like, okay, they're all kind of capsule reviews. It wasn't like anything in depth, really. i like, well, you know what? You did these movies originally, so why don't we kind of go back and forth? I mean, you don't have to stick to what you wrote there, who cares? But, you know, your impressions oh. of the film versus mine, and we'll kind of go back and forth like that.
0: Uh,
2: gee.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: well, uh, there's so many. Uh, so. Well, one, one I thought was. Okay, but not great, was Challenge to the Killers, or the Killers are Challenge. Antonio Margariti. Okay. Uh,
2: uh,
0: with Richard Harrison, and your favorite, Janine Renoir. <laughs> I
2: don't think I even saw that.
0: Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it, it's... it's uh, well, Richard Harrison, I always had a problem with. He was fine, in Peplums a bit thin. Uh, Much better in the... What was that the guy, uh, Joseph Lye? Did, did, did those cut oh, and paste? Oh, he was
2: doing the Bruce Lye things with... Um, yeah. uh, oh, the guy, I love him. Uh, he was a producer, Uh, real low-wrench bottom feeder. Well, no, yeah. Uh, you're thinking... There's oh. two people like this. If you think about cut and paste work, you got Al Adamson and Godfrey Ho. but you're thinking of... Bruce Lye, who was one of those Bruce Lee knockoffs, you know, he he was supposedly like, oh, look, it's a clone of Bruce Lee after Bruce Lee died. Uh, But he was working for Dick Randall, was the guy's name. And he cast Richard Harrison in a a reasonable number of these things alongside Bruce Lye. Or, and I don't know if he was in on it, but I know that he had also worked with Jean-Marie Pollardy, who was also over there, like, you know, filming in Thailand and stuff, doing his, you know, pseudo-Emmanuel films or whatever else. And we talked about him on the French show. Uh, Mm -hmm. But It's very possible that Harrison was involved there too because they all kind of crossed paths. It's like when you get into Florida exploitation in the 60s, these guys all knew each other. They may have worked on each other's films. You know how it is. So uh, anything's possible there. But go ahead. Well, 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 Harrison, you know, so
0: being a little on the thinner side, a tall guy. uh, Yeah. He was uh, an interesting character to watch when he played in these Euro spy movies because his, you know, usually working for. An organization, you know, we'll leave it at that. Um, It was a bit of a prick. You know, a bit of a a, a slimy womanizer. Usually ended up saving the girl after she was tortured, beaten, and left for dead. (laughs) Or, I better save her before she's gang raped by the villains. Um, Because even though we're talking about 65, 66, you know, a lot of these pictures were just really pushing the edge on some of these things. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of people like the Killers of Challenge. It was showing on TV a lot in the uh, early 80s, especially on cable. Uh, what was that guy? Captain, Captain.
2: Oh, Commander the USA. USA.
0: Yes, yes. Commander yes. USA, yep. Commander I USA. I was in fan US, club.
2: I still have the court somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Commander USA. loved to show these kind of things. That was a popular title. And uh, it's not one I really liked a lot, uh, but it was one that was, uh, how do we say, uh, it was available. You know, like, you were able to see it. It was pretty pretty much, it wasn't like a lot of these things did show up on TV, and then a lot of them disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, another oddball one was a Franco, well, attributed to Franco, because... Uh, Agent Sigma Three, Mission Goldwater. Did you see that one?
2: No. You actually want to see it.
0: And Sylvia Solar, and it was directed by Gianpaolo Caligari. Yeah, I know who. But yeah. <laughs> it was a it was an early Euro. What's that company? Euro uh, Eurocinema. Yeah. And um, it's a cut and paste job. Now, this movie is gold because in a much later Franco movie for Euroseni made in the 80s, footage from this movie shows up. Jack <laughs> Taylor is in, is in the movie footage from the 80s. And Jack Taylor shows up in movie footage from this Eurospy movie from 68. One of the most bizarre <laughs> things.
2: Okay, um, so... Here's let me start going through why, the why don't, list we here, do it
0: way. why don't you why don't you uh why don't you throw out a tile and then we can do it that way because I've seen Exactly that's
2: I know yeah. you've probably seen like Excellent. hundreds of these damn <laughs> things, I'm gonna see fifty of them. Uh so Deadlier the Mail was actually one that I had on D V D. It's a oh, British yeah. one. Uh, there's one pretty girl in it And I don't mean Elkie Summer by that there's a, She's actually like a dark haired bit player uh, And then a bunch of unattractive ones Two unappealing leads And until the last half hour It's probably the most boring Eurospy film ever From the nation that gave us James Bond Did I mention all the lame comedy? So that was my notes on that one <laughs> So go ahead Oh, oh,
3: oh <laughs> this, is, this is
0: one of those rare moments uh, I <laughs> like this movie. What are you, crazy? Really? Um, <laughs> totally, yes. Was, ow, it, it, some of it was
2: baneful. Dal- it was Dal- boring.
0: Alavi. Is, is
2: Dahlia Lavi the unattractive girl? She, no, no, she might have been the good-looking one, because there was like a dark hair bit layer in it, but yeah, who knows? That was Dahlia Lavi. Well, it was two people. It
0: was Dahlia Lavi and Noki Summer. I usually For find Dahlia the- Lavi... Attractive, but that was my notes. So that's what that was my impression yeah, at the yeah. time. Dahl- Dahlia Lavi was the was the woman, with but the but the, the darker hair. And you know, it's funny. I always thought Dahlia Lavi was Eastern European. I had no idea she was Israeli. She's Israeli. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 She, she always looked Italian to me.
2: So you got but her,
0: an elky Summer at the. Well, I think one of the problems for you is that you you like older films. Like Bulldog Drummond, like the early black and white Bulldog Drummond type things. So, this was a reimagining of that uh, by Ralph Box, who had, uh, and probably his wife, who had something to do with the Carry On pictures.
2: Oh, yeah, Betty Box, yeah.
0: The two Bulldog Drummond films, this one and the crazier some girls
2: do. Um, I haven't seen that one. I knew like, this was like a, a two-part. There's, there's two movies in this uh, series with these two guys. But, yeah. This yeah, one yeah, seen. yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Richard Johnson. Johnson, There's something about the fellow.
2: I uh, wasn't crazy about the guy
0: playing his nephew. What um, the girls were to die for.
2: And uh, I think I'm in this thinking movie, that. Even though I usually yeah. like Dahlia Lavi, just because of the way I wrote this, I don't think she was the one that I was talking about. I think it was like a secretary or somebody that was on screen for maybe ten minutes, <laughs> or a girlfriend oh. or something like that. But you know, just oh, again, this Dahl- is for when I wrote this and saw it. So. Yeah, because Dahlia was the other girl, I think, and um, yeah, it wasn't one of so the So a, a cartel.
0: Well, it's about insurance. A lot of spy movies happen to have do shit about insurance. Who go figure? And uh these, this conglomerate uh was thinking of offing people for their insurance money. So they called him Bulldog Drummond who's like maybe or used to be working for an insurance company, maybe, who knows. And his young tag-along nephew, Jimmy, who's um <laughs> uh, yeah, he was annoying. But yeah, these these <laughs> gorgeous girls, um Pop up and they like you know whine and dine these rich folks and then they kill him. And so, you know, <laughs> and Richard Johnson, who who actually was a contender for the Bond series, um, you know he swings his stick pretty good as, a, as as a guy as a you know the older man <laughs> kind of guy and th- that's what he's doing. You know he knows he he did it pretty well <laughs> and he's. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, here comes Elkie Summer as the stewardess. No, they're on the beach, and she shows up in this, like, skimpy bikini with a freaking harpoon at one scene. Like, wow. Um, So (laughs) the the visuals in this movie are really good. (laughs) But is it a good movie? No, it's fun. I saw this in the theater, no snickering. And one of the great scenes that impacted upon me as a child is that the climax of this movie... They figured there's a weapon on one of these women. There's a bomb. Yes, it might be on their bikinis. Let's strip them of the bikinis and throw them in the (laughs) water.
3: Okay, go off.
0: Jump in and save these naked busty girls. What more did
2: you want? I will say that the first time I saw it, when I first got the DVD a couple of years back, you know, who knows, five years ago, eight years ago, I liked it more than when I watched it again because it was the first one i tackled for the Euro-spies, and I'm like, yeah, this movie kind of sucks. What did I like about it? So <laughs> it definitely didn't hold well, up to repeat viewings, let's put it uh, that way. Well, no. It,
0: it, you know, I think one of the saving – seriously, seriously, folks, you know, beside what I just said, one of the saving graces of this movie is Nigel Green, who's almost always great. He plays a villain, and um, there's a, a really good set piece. You might have liked that with the with the larger life electronic uh, chessmen. <laughs>
2: and, uh, yes, I remember.
0: Yeah, I guess you didn't like it. No, but it's actually, no, I thought
2: Dayglow 60s, whatever. It's just that compared to what you're expecting from even. You know, a Euro spy as opposed to like a James Bond. It was just, nothing was really going down. It was just kind of dry, and I didn't think the leads were as good as you do. I know my wife has a thing against Nigel Green just because he played Naelen Smith in four movies, but you know, I don't mind him. It's just you know, he's very stuffy and like you know, upper crusty and then you got Richard Johnson who I like in The Haunting who I love in Zombie and yet you know, and I loved in uh you know The Child Must Be Born There Beyond the Door we were both going back and forth with that when I met him uh he was very happy some I remember that movie <laughs> but uh you know, in this film, he just didn't stand out at all. He was just kind of dry. And that sidekick, I just wanted to smack him through the whole movie. I didn't think the lead girls were that attractive, even though, like I said, usually I think Dolly Lobby's hot. But here, I don't know, it just didn't work. Yeah, uh, so, Elkie, you know, I liked her in Baron Blood. I liked her in uh, those two that she did, uh, Danielle by Night, I think it was, uh, for uh, Max Picus, uh, when we talked about right. the French show. But, here, I just didn't care for her. She didn't work as a femme fatale. She's too Germanic and like, okay, I'm bored. <laughs> not quite Marilyn Monroe level, but it's that kind of like phony, oh, yes, I think I'm supposed to be a sex symbol. Remind me. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, There's no sex appeal in her. She was just kind of like putting it on because that's what the guys are. The guys were all getting hot for. It. It's like, oh, okay, then I guess I'll stand to get in front of the camera and put my bikini on, and you will get all hot for me. I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't work. Uh, so anyway That was what I had to say on that one uh, well, I don't well, know if you had more well, to well, go right. through there But <laughs> <laughs> So then came I, I, thought first... it, I thought it was fun Go ahead Yeah I mean it has moments But I found it very boring This When I started watching for, these, uh, oh, for the show It
3: had a very
2: catchy song It was like a Matt Monroe wannabe too Yes, now you're right It did have a cheesy song, I do remember that Okay uh, <laughs> 13 Days to Die, which I mentioned when we were talking Edgar Wallace. Films. Oh, it's, it's a favorite of yours. Yes. Well, I love this fucking movie. Uh, it's basically all about Sergeant Debray and another big burly German guy named Peter Carsten. Don't ask me who he is. The lead in this film, the, the one biggest, that all oh, the Peter women Carsten. are getting hot over? Yeah. I don't think so because he was a big blonde guy. He was like Sergeant Debray's buddy. They were both the muscle. And they were oh. falling around little guy that everybody was all hot for who's basically a skinny loser there's no reason for anybody to be hot for this guy uh there's a great theme song from peter thomas uh which was ralph Turing, which was really badly redubbed in the print that i have off meter by some guy you know and he's totally missing where he's supposed to go ralph Turing. and he goes ralph drake like that or ralph tracy that was it uh but never on the beat he misses every single time there's some nice Mondo-esque Thai travelogue bits. There's some business involving kidnapped princesses, even though she has a mustache, uh, and jewels that contain clues to the location of some uranium. It's loads of fun. It feels very German-creamy-like, which is why I mentioned it when we talked that show. The biggest problem here is, like I mentioned, this female lead, the princess, who sports a more prominent mustache than Glenn Hughes from The Village People. Mm. So go ahead. <laughs> Oh no, I don't like
0: that either. I, actually, if I'm if I'm going to work and I see a woman with a mustache, I I <laughs> I, I, I sort of like almost feel like approaching her, ma'am. Does does not your coworkers or relatives tell you, you have to shave? Yeah, but I yeah, don't exactly. do that. <laughs> Although I do consider it. Actually, I I've been off topic. I've been seeing this woman, very hairy woman. On the PATH of train, going from from New Jersey starts, going from New Jersey to Wall Street, every day she's a beastly looking thing, and she can be very attractive to somebody who's very drunk, but um, but she's she's got like sideburns that like Andre the Giant would have died for, and she's got a mustache, and and I am sure, like the, did not anyone ever say to her. Marguerite. I don't know her name. Marguerite, <laughs> come over here. Sit down, dear.
2: This is a razor.
0: Yeah, yeah. so I know what you this mean. This is just yeah. a <laughs>
2: So is there anything you want to say about this one? Because you know, we've got no, a lot of these to go through. I love so our show. I, this.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't uh, mind this being a two-hour show. I'm having fun tonight, guys.
2: <laughs> all right, so uh, next one, and this is probably getting more into your territory because we're starting to go Italian. Lightning Bolt, which was a Margariti, uh, with oh. all the sexy girls in this really nice villa. This is a great, and it's an almost something weird film in terms of like you know how they make weird films, not in terms of the fact that they had Eurospy. Uh, before it goes all to crap with that cheap missile in the undersea lab. Uh, otherwise, that was all I had to say on this one. Loads of fun. So, anything you well, want to say yeah. there?
0: It's got Anthony Eisley, uh, low rent American actor, maybe some TV. I forgot the name of the woman. Dan, the Loris, Diana Loris, maybe. Oh yeah, maybe uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. Ooh, let's
2: let's a, yep.
0: yeah, a lot of Spanish. Yeah, she do a lot. Well, I think it may may have been a Spanish co-production. What's well, um It's, it's Margariti. So it's kind of cheap on the effects. Yeah, uh, considering the great stuff he did in like Wild Wild Planet and War of the Plants, he did some really good work.
2: Um, there, here's
0: a bizarre scene. Where are they in the
2: grain? A grain elevator, one of those things you oh, see out the farms. That's probably what I'm talking about with the missile and the undersea lab things. Like the effects are like, oh my God, there's some like, you know, he, did he put his child together? Put this, hey daddy, look what I made. Okay, here we go. We'll use it in the movie. I mean, it's that kind of cheap shit. So, but yeah.
0: And the villain is like this fat Mexican guy. Remember that? <laughs> yes, Almost cool. the Fernando Sancho. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, nothing against Mexicans, but he's like, he's this fat Mexican who has like a beer
2: thing going on. His <laughs>
0: yes, and, that's his cover.
2: Yeah, that's true. Like, they were selling shit out of beer trucks. And I was like, why do they keep going after these beer trucks? But that was what it was. That's where he had his, uh, whatever it was, the uranium or something that he was smuggling and right, all his thugs right. jump out of the beer trucks. And, yeah. no, the, <laughs> it was sort of a truck. I think he was a bit of like I
0: think he was on a very popular American TV show. I don't care what it was. Um, he he was a, a pretty yeah it was okay in the lead, but uh, I think it was hurt by the cheesy effects. Yeah, what this was very popular on television, and it got lots of airplay. Why I don't know. Uh, and it got lightning bolt was one of its many retitles. Uh. Operation this, operation that, yep. a lot of these Euro spy things for call operation, this and that. But um, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, for what it is. Uh, if you want to check your brains at the door and let them seep out under the windowsill, that's
2: fine. <laughs> All but, right. Uh, so this next one, you may not get the reference to the joke I'm making here. It's kind of an anime reference, so this is more for the younger crowd. But Killer likes candy which is another Italian one, I believe. Uh, pink-suited henchman from Skip Beat's Love Me section, doing kung fu and spazzing out, before getting thrown down a grease dollar like a bowling ball. Seriously, this happens. Uh, Ventatino Ventaniti, and it's most likable, is a comedy sidekick cameraman. That's all I have to say on this one. But yes, they are seriously going around in like, LME uh, pink jumpsuits, and uh, that that's the thugs, supposedly. And they basically, when they're in a fight, they're totally fucking spazzing out. I'm like, what the hell are we watching here? It it's almost like watching, you know, the guys from Devo fighting with Eddie Deason and Jeffrey Combs. I'm like, What? <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Uh what? and I don't know if it was really played for comedy. It's just that stupid. And somebody does get thrown down a grease, you know, thing like you know, like a bowling ball going down the alley. I'm like, what the hell? But still I enjoyed this one a lot. So go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. You got you gotta you gotta hit my dresses to kill a priest. You got Klaus Kinski. Hey, Klaus. As Bong. That's his name. Bong, (laughs) the leader of the Arab (laughs) nation. uh, Who's got his bevy of, of babes and... And also guys. There's a little thing going on.
2: Yes. Uh, who was who the hero in this Who was the name of the actor oh, I'll even remember But you're right Kinski was kind of like and It was weird because it was a rare role for Kinski Where he was not being insane Villainous or trying to be heroic Or sexy whatever he thought he was He wasn't really the center of attention It was a bit part And he played kind of a I had to say what? that he was supposed to be gay But he was like a ninny He was nervous Exactly you know, was like, I was about to say slightly effeminate not, Yes Yes. Yeah, and not even like the nervous guy that he would play sometimes as a victim in or a red herring in the Edgar Wallace films. We're talking about like comic relief nervous, nearly, you know? <laughs> Loads of fun. I definitely enjoyed this one, but I don't it, remember the uh, fun. Okay. yeah, yeah, It's
0: like it's like how can you not like it? Uh, this so, that that you might have seen under Commander USA, um, and for one reason or another, it was very uh, accessible. Yes. Uh, one of the big box VHS labels had
2: it. Me, uh, or MPI, I, possible. Just so you know, I don't know if it's my headset, which I doubt because it's a new one I just replaced, uh, or yours. But you're cutting in and out relatively often. So if that's coming across oh. the air, people are probably going, where are half his words going? <laughs> so I'm not sure what's going Sorry. on. Here, but No, just give me a heads up. Well, I, uh, I signed in through Skype. That should be fine. So uh, yeah, I'm just wondering if it's and something you're doing. Maybe you're moving around with your headset or whatever. So if it's not on my end, then yeah, you know, just give me a heads up that it's happening. Well, it's so.
0: probably the blonde girl. German chairman girl is blowing me right now. But uh, <laughs> mm. all
2: right. So um, next, it's okay this, because my we'll wife go. never listens.
3: One to... this <laughs> <laughs> uh, is
0: I to the show.
2: <laughs> oh shit! Play <laughs> the porn one. Uh, Actually, one of the uh, I the Mabuza films. One of the Mabuza films was not really a Mabuza film. It was more of a spy film, and I had mentioned that when we did the show. Uh, so here it is again: Death Ray Mirror of Doctor Mabuza. It's basically a Bond film with barely a mention of Mabuza. wife's like, where's Mabuza in this movie? Uh, and it's actually the most fun of the series, maybe because of that. Uh, he's got a hot-to-trot girlfriend and a bevy of random hottie assassins, like this Japanese secretary who tries to stab him while pretending not to be disgusted by his fake kisses. But it's Peter Van Eck, who's been shown in other Mabuza films, to, number one, live with his mother, and number two, always he's a Mr. Rogers sweater vest and Dr. Loafer's wearing old queen, Uh, and has zero interest in any of these women. So putting him out there with all these women basically throwing themselves at him and pretending they're hot for him is just fucking hilarious. But nonetheless, even without that element to it, it's a fun movie. And it's definitely a fun Euro spot. Oh, go ahead. You just cut out like six times. Oh, it's me this time. (laughs) Really? It's you. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. All right. Well, good to know. So, so We're, we're going so to try to get through this, folks. Did you no, hear any of no, that? Me. Just repeat it. <laughs> All right, so I'll just Why? give you a quick run through again. Wow, during a sentence. I'm not on, on drugs, drugs either. <laughs> no, no, I'm not.
0: Really. No, not really.
2: Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, so, you just kind of yeah. just said, what did you say? Interesting. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, seriously, yeah.
2: Oh, that's nice. Uh, okay. It's a, it's a, thing a, works a, a wonderful <laughs> server.
0: Anyway, um, in any case, Yoko Tani is in that movie.
2: Okay. How about now? Can
0: you yeah. hear me better?
2: Am I cutting in and out? Yes. Uh, yes, not I'm cutting anything. in and out. Okay. No, you're okay. <laughs> Alright, so I'll repeat what I said before just quickly which was, it's a Bond right. film with barely a mention of Mabuza, it's the most fun of the series he's got a hot-to-truck girlfriend, a bevy of random hottie assassins like the Japanese secretary who tries to stab him while pretending not to be disgusted by his fake kisses, but it's Peter Van Eck who's been established in other Mabuza films to be living with his mother and he's a Mr. Rogers-like sweater vest and Dr. loafers wearing old queen with zero interest in any of these women, and the fact that they have to throw themselves at him and pretend to be all hot for him is just fucking hilarious, but even without that it's a fun little spy film. So, go ahead, go back to your stand.
3: <laughs>
0: well, um, what can I say to that? Um, <laughs> Yoko Tani's <laughs> from yes, the secretary, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoko Tani's in it, and uh, I think it's a fun movie. They try to do a low. Lower budget version of the Thunderball undersea thing, and uh, that's interesting. I would have liked to have seen this Mabuza film in color. And supposedly there's a color version in existence. I've not seen one. I've seen like two or three different versions of this thing, damn thing—one German, English. I've yet to come across a color one. So, um, but. It's interesting, of all the Mabuza pictures, it's the most different, and it's the most um, It's it's it fun? I don't know, because they try to tie up too many loose ends that they already created in the Mabuza pictures. Anyway, um, it's, a, it's an interesting film. I would always say, uh, if people listen to our, our Mabuza show, our Iguala show, which incorporates Mabuza stuff, um, you really have to watch
2: the Mobuza pictures from the start, yes. and then this is
0: the last one, and then
2: see where you're at. Yeah, I would do them in order too. That's that's why we did it both times actually. Uh, so another one, Espionage in Tangiers. This is actually out on normal DVDs. You can get it pretty pretty easily. There's a weird-looking lead with bad teeth. A blowtorch is taken to a bad old man's dress socks. Uh some nice scenery and no fucking plot. Uh there's a baddie trying to be all sexy, but she's a dead ringer for Carmen Silvera from a low. I keep wanting to stick cheese in my ears. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow, man. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: who was who the lead you you make me you, after this stuff, you make me lose my my spot. Who is the lead? <laughs>
2: I have no idea. I just kept my notes. No
0: idea. You didn't write that down, right? Uh, nah. Uh, oh my
2: God. I could have sat here with uh, a pile of DVDs, but I was like, "I hey, hell with it. It's over uh, Can you I didn't hate it." Ah, come on. You're some old man dress socks. Like, what's there to say? <laughs> like when they do the I black box old pornos.
0: Interesting about this one. Um, I think it was it was weed, I can't remember his name. Um, it was. Slightly fun. I think I enjoyed it a lot more than you did. <laughs> I don't
2: know what to say after that one. Okay, next. Uh, Secret Agent Super Dragon. This one's loads of oh, fun. Yeah. You probably saw it on uh, Mr. Science Theater. There's invisible ink lipstick, frugging teens, Marissa Mellon, a red wig, and drugs in chewing gum. So there you go. <laughs> That's all I had to say for that one. Oh, my gosh. Tried to keep it short. <laughs> Secret is
0: super Dragon. Ray Danton, yes, Ray yes. Danton. Uh, Ray Danton was a tall guy. He was he was cast as George Raft once in the biopicture. I, I yeah you know, I never saw that. And then Ray Danton was a he filmmaker. Was he did, yeah, he did um, Death Master, I believe he directed that with uh, Robert Quarry. Uh,
2: I think he did Death Master, and he also did that friggin' psychic killer, didn't he? That I just reviewed recently for yeah, bigger cinema. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and Ray Danton was alleged to have like a really big dick too. So maybe that's why he <laughs> like was like kin to George Raft, who also legend has it. We're not gonna say that. <laughs> um, so the thing the thing about Secret Agent Super Dragon, uh, that people would find fun. It's an Italian German co production. Wolfgang Price, hey, there's our yeah. Dr. Mabuse connection, is uh, one of the villains in this. It's fun. It's a little snazzy. It's uh, I think one of the things that hurts this picture is that when you cast an actor who's already self-effacing, who's like in on the joke, and you want him to play, and he's already knowing he's playing a James Bond Manke, a clone, a copy, whatever. And and for what or a bunch of the company, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when the when the when you're watching this and the guy's already in on it, you could just tell. Like Ray Danton on the on the two or three Spy, Eurospy things, I saw him in. He's like, he's really good. I don't give a fuck quality, and and it, I think it hurts the movie. I always felt that when I saw him in the two or three pictures, and this is one of them. Um. Yes, this got a lot of play on TV, a lot of play. Uh, and, I, yeah, Mystery Science Theater may have even done this. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's one of my favorites, actually. Uh, O.K. Connery, otherwise known as Operation Kid Brotherhood. Oh, yes. This one is loads You're of fun. You finally saw it, right? Uh, yep, I saw it. I, I got. The, I think I got the, saw it through you, didn't I? Uh, I got the soundtrack to it afterwards. I, mean, this, I love this film. Uh, Adolfo Chelly, who later dons the gayest red pleather outfit ever seen outside of a disco, gets his cigars lighted by the Collinson twins. There's a great, crazy theme song, and the stunning Daniela Bianchi. Fuck Neil Connery. Uh, some guy punches out a woman in a plastic dress. Neil's a lump, but, and he's younger, but somehow he looks older than Sean, and he sleeps through the entire film looking irritated. When people talk to him, which usually involves some kind of cheap reference to his brother, James Bond, or the novels of Ian Fleming, he sort of brushes them off gruffly. What an asshole. No wonder he never did anything else after this. <laughs> no, he did. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> Not much, <laughs> but yeah, that's all uh, I had to say on that
0: one. That's, that's it. This is an interesting movie because, um, oh god, it's got a couple of titles, but okay, is by the big one. I think it it opens up with uh, Bernard Lee as M and and uh, what's the name is Money Penny. Money Penny, yep. Both uh, uh, well, a That's pl- supposed to be Sean. Oh, shit. Yep. You now we got to get a replacement. And, you know, kind of <laughs> say, well, Neil, who happens to be well, the world's most famous hypnotist and physician. Okay. Um, <laughs> He's
2: like a psychiatrist or some <laughs> shit.
0: I'm <laughs> a psychiatrist as well. Um, To Sean as a, a super spy. Uh Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a bit dry. So he's got to go T, right? He's got to go
2: T. Yes. Uh, yep. He's going Van Dyke. Like.
0: The music is cool, wicked cool, and 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 you know what? It's a fun fucking movie. It's it's yep. this movie gets a lot of more negatives than it should because I think it's uh, Alberto Di Martino.
3: Who, I think so. Yeah.
0: Who's done a lot of crap, but. uh I mean, really, it's a lot of fun. Daniela Bianchi's in it, and we want more hubba hubba. And um, I'll never forgive on the original, which I may still have kept, from Russia would love uh, laser discs, which those things are worth a fortune nowadays, where the Bond guys were doing the uh, audio commentary that they were Slagging Daniela Bianchi. Look at those thick legs and <laughs> Yeah, and how many of you right? So, you know, come on. Uh, it's, uh, they were very unkind, uh, to be honest. And uh, I think every, every Euro spy thing I've seen her in, she's more than adequate. She's fun. Yeah.
2: I, I always yeah. thought she was super hot. And uh, super the funny hot, thing yeah. is, Even the soundtrack gets slagged by a lot of people because it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's just them going, okay, come! And they got this ridiculous theme song that goes over and over again. But, you know, and I've heard people say, like, oh, yeah, uh, Morricone and Bruno have been smoking some heavy drugs when they did this. Or, you know, it, it was a fly-by-night after like an all-night bender or something that went and did this. Who knows? But it is, for what it is, if you get, take it in the right mindset, if you take it as, okay, this is fun 60s camp, kind of in the line of, like, a diabolic sort of a thing, but even more, you know, trippy and goofy and uh, better sense of humor. You know, it's loads of fun. I love this movie, so there you go. Well, you
0: you actually raised a really good point. There's a lot of people
2: I know have not seen this freaking movie.
0: Oh, it's hard to All find. A lot of people. And it's hard to find, yes and no. Uh, I have it, <laughs> I have like four <laughs> versions of this damn thing. Um, there, Well, no, it's really... And as far as Neil Connery goes, he was in a really oddball movie few years later called The Body Statues with George Sanders and Edward Judd and some very bosomy girl.
2: <laughs> Ooh, I remember that.
0: And it was about aliens that made people disappear except
2: for the big Are we supposed to be tits. surprised that you remembered a girl with big tits? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sir. Come on. Maybe I, I, still I think you <laughs> task for
3: that remark. Um... <laughs> uh. But Th- no, That was, was actually, the whole reason pretty...
2: the male work for you is that the abysmal-me girls are like, falling into the ocean naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Operation Poker. Uh, there's an Emiliani soundtrack. I'm a huge, huge fan of a pure Emiliani. He's actually my favorite Italian soundtrack composer. Uh, there's a smoking hot female lead, and yet... <sighs> He sure. looks like Roy. Where's Siegfried? That's all I wrote. You <laughs> are sure, one like, sick man.
0: That's <laughs> Georgio Anderson. Uh, I actually, oh, I I really liked in this kind of role. <laughs> uh, Georgio Anderson, also known as George, uh, when he <laughs> when they tried to, <clears throat> <him. clears throat> I I thought he was really good, a fun prick type, um. Uh, until he, he popped that like
2: tiger a... in the nose with his microphone. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. He usually played.
0: He did a number of these things. He was blondish. Yeah, I could maybe Zigfried like and Roy. I don't know. <laughs> but he kind of played him as a very handsome, blondish, kind of like handsome guy. that might have been buying, and yet um, he was. Just, he was interested. You know, you never got the feeling how interested he was in women, because if he had an assignment, that was important to him. Um, The thing is about this picture, there was a a bit of uh, sadistic moments going on. There were a few of them, which stood out to me. And um, I liked him in this part. I liked him in this role, and he did it a few times. I did not dislike this movie as much as you did.
2: Okay, so Spy Hunt in Vienna. This is a questionable. <laughs> this is a questionable French-German co-production with Heinz Draka, Anton Differing, and a star, Pierre Bryce, More disinterested than Neil Connery. He even does a scene in blackface. Plus, there's a freakish-looking Senta Berger singing bad German songs and looking like some unholy cross between Pamela Stanford and more of The Exorcist and Alice the Goon from Popeye. That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Was <laughs> the Spy Hunt Indiana? Which one? That was Santa Burger. I'm talking about. hunt no, no, right which movie? Yet. Spy Hunt Indiana. That's Hutt the one Spark, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pierre Bryce uh, was the one that was actually the the spy that was like totally disinterested in everything that was going on. <laughs> but well, yeah, I think well, Pierre Bryce. Him. Yeah, his was the longest one. This was
0: an odd uh, hybrid. I I believe it was. Um, it began to spy around the world. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be like a pilot for an American TV series. Shot in Europe and what do you like uh, what did they call these things at the time? Yeah, you know, uh remember the name of the well, game? There was like when it first started out it was like thirty minutes, thirty minutes, thirty minutes. So they they'd shot like thirty minute little mini movies. Right. I wouldn't call it an anthology so much. And then they realized Nobody wanted it. <laughs> and I believe they called Lex Barker back to fill up his part because he was pretty much at the time the only name person there. Right. And they realized they had like a complete fucking mess. So, <laughs> if you watch it today, and there's like three or four versions of this out there. Uh, Spy Hunt and Vienna Z- English language one, of course. Um, the, you realize they're a complete fucking mess. So, what they wound up doing is they re edited the whole thing. So, parts of this show up, parts of that show up. So, you'll see like something begins, something ends, something And So, it's like I think an hour and 40 minutes of too long this. I don't remember a hot it's, it's it's so. Your money back, but it didn't work.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Like I so say, you you thought it was me before, but you dropped out many times there. But yeah, right. Santa Berger really stood out because she was just so fucking freakish looking, and her singing all these bad German songs. They kept going back to that nightclub, and she was always like, "Oh wow, I this knew, is." I think she's I supposed knew, to be like a Marlena Dietrich. Looking. But yeah, it's it was horrible. Um, With the pronounced bosom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, another one, Blazing Sands. We were talking about Dahlia Lavi before. This is a smoking hot Dahlia Lavi, hangs out at a beatnik coffee house, dances sluttily, and comes on to every guy in sight. It looked like they were setting these proto-hippies up as Israeli freedom fighters at the beginning, which I was like, okay, this won't be a bad movie, but nope, this is some stupid treasure hunt that runs afoul of the army when they cross the Gaza Strip or something. After the first 15, 20 minutes, you might as well take a nap until it ends. It's bad. That first 15 minutes, you're thinking you're in for a better picture, but after that... Forget it. How about you? It's it's an adventure
0: film, I think. It's an adventure mystery film. Uh, Coming off the hill, you know, it's like too close to the Edgar Wallace and too close to the Eurospy. So it's the kind of thing they tried to market as either or, I think. Right.
2: It was neither. (laughs) Yeah, it was neither. So uh, next is uh, the Beckett Affair. Agent Red Cooper and a right-wing scam where El Presidente there is in collusion with folks to put a fake hit on himself so that he can enact martial law and turn his country into a dictatorship. Uh, Trump, Uh, it's boring but very aesthetic and hypnotically soporific. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Hypnotically
0: soporific. Um, Lane Jeffries, correct? I believe so, yes. Yeah yeah. Link Jeffries, interesting fellow. Uh Link Jeffries was I wouldn't say Dana Andrews age type at this time, but he was an older man and uh kind of playing uh more World Weary spy type thing and um I I didn't think this I like this movie. I didn't think it was so bad as, as I think you did not like
2: it. well, it was more boring. That was the thing. I was like I did watch it, I was like, okay, well, the scenery' is gorgeous you know it 's kind of like making me relax and it was like I said, it's hypnotic and soporific. You sit there and go like, Ooh, and you kind of trance out like a franco film, but it wasn't good like a franco film. It was just kind of boring so um Passport to Hell, there's an ugly old Lou Reed-looking guy who beats up biker gang hippies to the tune of British Invasion 45s, including the kinks so tired of waiting for you, uh, just so that he can dance with their girls. In a truly primo bit of casting, Fernando Sancho is a short, fat Mexican Russian PM. Uh, this film contains the choice Bond mot, I'm Only Part Blue Blood, The Other Half's Black, he takes advantage of a horny housewife and steals her hubby's boat and clothes. Beats up a fat Muhammad Ali lookalike. This guy's unbelievable. That's all I wrote. <laughs> Wouldn't you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember this Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness! Yes, Georgia, another Georgia Anderson movie. <laughs> the guy, you, know, Some people, I remember somebody. Oh, I remember my Spanish girlfriend from, from about four years ago.
1: Okay, I uh, was married
0: me. three years. Okay, yeah, it's okay. No, you never met her. She said, "This guy looks like a chipmunk." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's another. It's and, and and the funny thing I think I think in this one uh, gosh I forgot his his, his name, it doesn't matter. Um he's a Lord as well yeah. as a, sp- a spy. And uh I think his is this the one with the butler?
2: The, uh I believe so.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So he's betting on his girl at the beginning. And he's like, I have to go on a mission, so just keep serving her shit like booze. And the butler comes in, you know, older man, you know, hello, madam. And like at the whole, we go through the whole movie, and at the end, he shows up to like the screwed this girl was like waited what like two weeks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's yep. very weird. Jo- Giorgio Arsen was. I I take it from the last mention of him <laughs> from you, you weren't thrilled with him. But there was he was the a really fucking guy, and he was kind of boring.
2: I was <laughs> yeah, he it was it
0: was kind of boring, but a very. He had a very sleazy swab, you know, like with the with the with the hy, uh, hyphenated uh, slash there, you know, sleazy swab. And
3: <laughs>
0: I think I think he pulled him off well. I think he was pretty good at fisticuffs. I I liked him better at this stuff than I did when he was doing period Euro uh when this whole thing ran Because right? uh, when he was doing late period Euro Sleaze, like uh, uh, one of those lower Gemser pictures, it was just like, oh, he was totally unlikable.
2: So, uh, recommend for the secret agent, uh, or a secret agent, rather. This is another really good one. Uh, gorgeous Girls. Hippie film projection on a belly dancer. Uh, you know how they used to do that thing where they have the oil washes and all that crap, and they project it behind bands, so that they actually project it on a belly dancer. Uh, a drag queen dub with a woman's voice. A snarkily suave yet cruel Stuart Granger. And a great Piero Miliani soundtrack. Uh, embarrassing beach karate. Dumpy Arabs and filthy Brooklyn wife eaters. <laughs> obnoxious child blackmailers. A gay baddie. And his beaver-haired boy toy assassin. It all adds up to another really good one. So... There you go.
0: Oh, this is a really good one. This is a really good one. Uh, I would say Stuart Granger, you know, uh, knocked off two of the best of the genre. Uh, among True. two of the best, uh, Target for a Killing is another one, and uh, this is just really good. And it's a little nihilistic. Uh, Daniela Bianchi's in this one, I think. Yes, and, she is. Um, it's amazing. I'm sure I have in my head. Explode. Um <laughs> really enjoyed this one. Uh, Stuart Granger, you know, older. He's got that gray with the shock of black hair. Debonier, suave. You know, it's a funny thing. We see him in costume pictures. We've seen him in romantic We see him in Hitchcock. But when he did these kind of things in, in Europe for other filmmakers... He kind of drew on something else. I think he he felt he could be more freer with his uh, performances. I I enjoy the hell out of Stuart Granger Euro spy movies. Yes. And I think he's... I think there's a couple
2: more I mentioned here, and almost every one of them is in my, like, oh, yes, these are definitely... I, like, bolded the titles when they were really good, and almost all of his are that way, so... Yeah. Um... So another one that isn't very good from Istanbul with orders to kill uh really ugly guys randomly walking around streets and airports while some pleasant fifties jazz plays nice scenery, no plot, and not even much dialogue to get you through this one. so good luck <laughs> there you go
0: yes uh this is this is a cheesy, very low budget movie yes <laughs> uh, this been... cents. <laughs> It's just missing confusion whether this is part of it is actually a jalo, a mystery thriller, or what have you. Um, I thought it was okay. There's, I can't. (laughs) This thing.
2: I think, actually, you, when you wrote the back, you mentioned something about Doris and I'm like, no, that would have made it better. <laughs> I like Doris Wishman films. <laughs> but it was kind of like that. It's that
0: cheesy. It's yeah. that cheesy, though. It's that, it's that kind of yep. really budget. Low-rent aesthetic. Yep. <laughs> I believe, I believe, as long as you freaking nailed me on this, I believe the guy's name was Tony Big Nose. Uh, that was the Anglicization Anglo Anglicization of his freaking Italian name.
2: So you know you
0: knew you were in for a treat. Tony Big Nose yeah, strike. Tony there's...
2: Big Nose here. Yeah. Him and Big Pussy are gonna come and fuck you up if you don't like his movie. <laughs> oh, it's great! It's great! I love *Famous Istanbul*. Yeah, Earth's yeah, girl. I think it was Tony Big Nose. Tony <laughs> um, Big Nose Production Hey,
0: yo, Spachini, Hey, come here! I got to talk to you. <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: get a knock on the door from a couple of big goombas. Hey, hey, I heard you didn't like from Istanbul with orders to kill, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. My fucking father produced that, you bastard. Come here. <laughs> Come on out here! What is this shit? Uh, <laughs> Operation Atlantis is another one. Uh, cute Swedish stewardesses and a dork with a quiff. Uh, Roger Moore and Elvis would be jealous of. Uh, it starts off strong and then devolves into a long bit of this guy being carried around the world in a crate. And then it gets really bad when it turns into a costume epic Pepla. Do you remember this one? What, what, what was it? Operation Atlantis. Oh yes! You remember how he spent half the fucking movie in a crate, and then they it becomes like a peplum at the end. I'm like, what is this? This is horrible. It's, it's another,
0: it's another American guy, John Erickson, of all people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Um, it's in the crate is great. <laughs> well, they got some really good footage. Um, it's like you If you recall, we're on a mission. So all these these like these bad people. <laughs> The agent who's like, sure, which side he's working for a while. A couple hot chicks actually. There's like the dark hair hot chick. There's the Auburn haired hot chick. And they're all taking a road trip. Got us in the Middle East one of movies. And they're on the desert. Remember this? That's yeah. They <laughs> got a
2: coffin for a while.
0: And then what happens? It becomes a sci-fi movie. Yes, because but, but like, beneath... a Cause a
2: like a sci-fi,
0: because they're all in big costumes. yeah, yeah, because like you got these like s- suddenly these these people have been living beneath the desert and they like what happened to the spy movie? But you know that all gets tied <laughs> up rather uneasy. Yeah, um, John Erickson was an American actor. He did a he was probably in a TV show and probably like a, lot there you know remember when when of all things Eastwood went over there he was already a st- TV Suddenly, so the, when they were as i mentioned before when the when the spaghetti westerns died out or as they were dying out let me say you know people wanted to say, well maybe i'll go over there and make one of these things and maybe i can make a lot of money so you would have minor people like John Erickson Probably ends up doing in the U.S. as well, going over there doing something like operating. Now, is is more than a niche film not because it's so freaking bug nuts crazy. Yeah, again, it goes into sci-fi, pop territory, and
2: what is going on? But
0: there was a girl with huge breasts in that movie. Who was that? Who <laughs> yeah, was here. <I> <laughs> It wasn't Ida Galley. It was, uh, gosh, she'll probably come to me later. Yes, she was actually <laughs> in a lot of peplums.
2: So, um, there's another that movie. So, um, Operation White Shark, a bunch of old farts and 50 squares make our favorite tranny, Jenny Renault, who sings like a man early in the film, look positively sexy by comparison. A lot of hanging around boats. Uh, like a crusty and the creature of a black lagoon and Lamberta Boba's monster shark, also those as devil fish. An old fat guy who looks like he's about to have a coronary. And three dumpy women in matching leotards who get beat up by this dork and his secretary girlfriend. Ooh, they were tough, huh? And I'm thinking, damn, this guy's fucking ugly. He certainly sort of looks like Bing Crosby, but more to the point, he looks like Gary Crosby. Especially in his exclusive wardrobe of sweater vests khakis, and dockers, dork. There's a chase in an AMC matador. Renault plays with herself. It's all pretty distasteful and pretty boring as shit. So go ahead. <laughs> you you and your
0: extreme hatred for Janine Renault. <laughs> oh my god. She's
2: <laughs> this is a bad. I, mean
0: <laughs> I I do her man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You totally make me like lose my mind with this stuff um, who is that guy uh, <laughs> was Gary Robert, like? <laughs> he, another, he was he was it was another American Robert somebody or other and he was a very minor character actor here and he did two pictures over there that was one of them this is actually one of the bad ones the other one was Handle with Care which is a little better um, I, I, I forgot his name, folks. Please don't hold it, uh, hold it against me. Um, if it comes to me, I will blurt it out later. But no, okay. this, this is a great movie. It's
2: a, you know, it's a programmer. Yeah. It's typical Eurospy. by, uh, maybe a little worse than others. Maybe, you know, even with a lot of others, it's certainly not a good one. Um, Baraka X-77, this is a much better spy film, but the lead is kind of like a Surge, uh, skinny Serge Gainsborough type who runs around he runs afoul of a big, lunk, Bruno Sammartino-type muscle man who ties him to some girders and whips him. Uh, then they set him free, and they leave him with the boss which means propping him against the wall and leaving, while everybody remaining in the room ignores him and plays cards. And there's a convenient shovel standing there between him and them, even though everyone's twice his build, he manages to take him down using three Stooges fake-outs and eye-pokes. Hey, Mo! He then proceeds to get out-wrestled and beat up by an old lady who looks like Helga Sven. Uh, he literally pulls the rug out from under her, and she fights him in one of those nasty old lady 90s. Uh, later, he disarms another woman by doing crazy Richard Talmadge slash Douglas Fairbanks style forward and back flips and kicking the gun out of her hand with his feet. So, go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, I, I actually have to correct
2: something. Way
0: back to the beginning of the show, I was wrong. <clears throat> when we were talking about <sighs> What? Talking about uh, Dillier Than the Male. I was completely wrong and I confused you. Okay. The other woman was Silva Cosina.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Al- I'm not too hungry. Lavi was
0: in the sequel,
2: some girls okay. do. Yeah, so and I was right. There, there's I only girls really attractive that. in this. The only girl was really yes, attractive yes. Is, was this like one-off secretary girlfriend type, who's you know in the film for maybe five minutes, ten minutes, something like that. Whereas they're foregrounding, I guess, Sylvia Kashina and uh, Okie Summer, neither of whom Summer. is at their best, to say the least. So, wow, well, I still love them. Come on, but
0: <laughs> I I was, I was wrong. It was Dahlia Lavi who starred in some girls too. So I apologize hey. for confusing people and. Saying them to uh, Amazon.com so quickly, but uh, <laughs> we're not perfect but, people. I mean, there, I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not perfect. I try to be. So, so why back to did Baraka X77. Yeah, why'd you notice that? Yes. Because she's in this. And Silva Cosina is in this. And Gerard Beret is the guy, the French French guy,
2: who was, was
0: the. Uh, the
2: Who looks like Serge Gainsbourg? <laughs> is that Gerard
0: was fine. <laughs> He doesn't look like Serge
2: Gainsbrook. Maybe.
0: Hey. Um Serge Gainsbrook does a couple of these things too, so you know. Uh, really? I
2: didn't even know that. I would love to see those. I love Serge. My uh, wife came home last week and she's like why are you playing this? Usually when I come home, you play You know, and she's like making growly voices because you know, she comes home, I'm playing Death Metal, I'm playing Black Metal, I'm playing whatever. And I had like a, a Serge Gainsborough, like three or four CDs in there running. He's was like, why are you playing this? I'm like, I haven't heard in a while. You know, I'm thinking about Serge Gainsborough or whatever. <laughs> I think I posted a bunch on Facebook that night. <laughs> so, I must have missed that. Yeah. There's one night, maybe yeah, a week yeah, so back, killers, I week so bad. I've always
0: playing Black Metal and Death Metal, you sick ass. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Playing, she's in my childhood is not a house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being considerate. I'm kidding.
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, play some Tom Jones. Surprise her when she comes well, I home. Do... I have flowers and play Tom Jones.
2: I-, I shocked her with the Game's board. She's like, "Why are you listening to this?" Like, yeah, I feel like it. <laughs> this is shocker
0: more, man. Shocker more.
2: All right, next yeah, Tom Jones with blow her mind. Uh, so uh, next, Kennedy for a killing. A pair of queens, one of whom is Fernando Rey, uh, find a doppelganger and grumpy Paul Anka look like John Richardson, who's so abusive to everyone in the cast, you want him to die. Uh, Fez wearing Captain Kangaroo look like manservant. Anita Eckberg, who gets the brush off from our lead with this choice admission of his sexual orientation. At least your employer likes girls, <laughs> or likes girls. That was the point. At least your employer likes girls. <laughs> so there you go. That's all I had to say for that one. <laughs> I tried to uh, keep
0: him brief. Yeah, <laughs> see, um, what John Richardson always oh, had a problem with. I think that the uh, I really liked him when he was starting out, like Black Sunday from Bava. Oh, that you
1: know, was great. Was
0: fresh, was, yeah, yeah, he was fresh, young, dog, okay, can is you know, he was he was he was terrific. He was perfect for the role. Um, he seemed to be ageless for decades. Yeah, you know, he was in she you know, but Peter Cushing, And uh possibly showed up in the vengeance of she, I think he did. And then something happened. I'm not quite sure what. But he he stopped finding parts, so he you know, scooted over to Eurosply stuff. He's not great for this because he's got the sunburn kinda snarky you know, you, you're not even sure, like like is this the kind of guy you go to for for assistance
3: you know, for <laughs> help?
0: yep, there was something no there was always something about the way he portrayed this car- this type of character uh let me put it that way, and um uh, in the euro spy films, the few that he did he didn't do a great many of them um there was just something which is probably why. It's just he he didn't take to them. They didn't take to him. Um, but it's a very good looking film. I'll put it that I'll put that out there. It's a very good looking film. It's uh, very well produced. Uh, there was a little, little bit more money and budget in this one than others of its ilk. Um, but it's not one I'd really recommend to people. Oh, also, there's a bit of a creep in this too. If you remember, there's yep. several scenes. in
2: this. Yeah. That's so what I said. He's so abusive to everybody. You want to die. Uh, so here's an actual good one, man in the spying trapeze. It's also known as mm-hmm. Jerry Land Catchatory del SBS," which is uh, Jerry Land Spycatcher. catcher. Uh, there's a great Emiliani soundtrack once again and coincidentally it's another good one Uh, he has two fights and a long sequence running around in a dress Uh, gets horribly tortured with a lit match to his fingertips ooh the horrors how could he possibly stand the pain and when the cops knock on his door his first reaction is to ask the girl he was just screwing her age Uh, all this and a baddie whose motive is to get rich enough to buy impressionist paintings so there you go
0: I I like this one. This is one of those little jazz oh, kind one. of pictures. Yeah, yeah. I think the guy was Wade Preston. Sounds like a a for like a porno actor. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else he fucking did I have no idea, but he was fine. He was tall, like, he might have been in westerns. Who 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 were we to ask or judge? Um Wade W A Y D E, I think. Uh Wade Preston. And um, he was fine. I I think it's one of those pictures you don't expect much, and then right. suddenly so you find yourself enjoying it. Yep. And it's like you know it's not insanely stupid. I kind of enjoyed this. You know the villains are doable, and you know the girls are not incredibly hot like I want to run and grab
2: like Astroglide, but you know it's
3: <laughs> you know it's, it's,
2: it's
0: possible.
2: That was the thing I noticed with the Euro spots, is that ones I went in, they had a great reputation. I'm expecting something big out of it. I had stores I know in it, and they would just fucking suck. They'd be turgid. And then other ones, I'm like, ah, eh, this one's going to suck. And I walked in, I, you I know, figured, okay, I'll watch it. I got it. And it turns out to be great, so you never really knew. Uh, so hopefully yep. our little guy here will help you. Uh, so uh, another one is the Master Stroke. Uh, it's got a great Francesco DeMasi soundtrack, uh, Adolfo Celli, Richard Harrison, some Diabolic-style sets, and a convoluted heist caper that still somehow manages to be pretty fucking boring. Uh, the girl is homely and has a bad old lady hairdo. The latter being an issue you encounter a lot in Eurospy, by the way. Uh, if you're really into like you know flips and bouffants, this is the genre for you. Uh, if the flip, the beehive, and the permanent wave are your thing, I wrote this is the genre to gravitate towards. So there you go, my improv and my previous writing matched. So there you go. <laughs> Actually, this is one
0: of the. Uh, we I just mentioned Richard Harrison uh, not too long ago. This is one of the better. Richard Harrison uh, pictures uh, in this genre. Margaret Lee is probably the one you're thinking about in the Beehive. Yeah. Um, she turns up on a lot of these things. A lot. And She, uh, yep, she looks uh, better. <laughs> <laughs> a few jellos. Um, the problem with this picture is, and I'm going to lay it out there, is that he's an agent that's been planted within an organization. To be working with these guys who actually are not who you think they are, so they're trying to do a heist and at the same time possibly overthrow a government with the money from the heist. But at the end of the mo- at the end of the movie, they're all working for the Queen. Do you remember this? And, <laughs> yes, I do. And it's like I'm like, well, that was a huge waste of time. But I have yes. to say, this is one of those Euro spy movies that are like crossed with a heist genre, and that there was a lot of cross pollination at some point. Uh, there were a lot of like heist movies, spy movies. Oh, Grand Slam! Grand Slam, yeah. Um, but was, well, we start out as a spy flick, and then there's a heist, and we kind of come back to. I don't think they knew who they were trying to go for as far as the audience. <laughs> kind of thing. But it's
2: it's one of the better Richard Harrison pictures in this genre. So here's a curveball for you, and it's actually a positive one, a Killing Game. It's a weird but fun French pop art thing where some weirdo like uh, our old at-eye level pal Steve, who looks like uh, Chad and Jeremy, gets involved with a comic book artist and his absolutely stunning redhead wife, Claudine Angierre, who even spends portions of the film working nerd-cheek in what, on her, becomes some rather fetching horn-rimmed glasses. Uh, He ends up living out the comic stories, including abduction, grand theft auto, attempted jewel robbery, and a suicidal standoff with the cops before a really weird happy ending where they and his mother become a happy, dysfunctional family. All these people. So, there you go. Oh, man, it's been so long since I saw this movie. Uh...
0: Oh, yeah, is go, it, it really Eurospy?
2: On. It's so strange.
0: Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, i I, 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 did, I did see it, and, and 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 I may have, I may have even written about it, my friend. But it's been so <laughs> long, I I I don't
2: recall enough about it to even do a flippant comment. No, nah, I I pass. So here's a bad one. Desperate Mission. It's pretty boring. Featuring a seriously aggro, but rather short lead. Uh, Yoko Tani looking kind of old face, but still kind of cute in pigtails. Uh, The fat, bald white guy from Dr. No. Uh, A bunch of white guys in yellow face. And an obvious Tokyo standing in for Hong Kong. You'll notice that every club or store they show on screen has a Japanese name. Uh, One pointless, hyper-violent fight after another. That's it. There you go. Well,
0: I got news for you. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this one. There you so, go. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's a start. It's a Spanish co-production. Who knew? German Cobos. He was in one of, the, like, of my Spanish horror movies. We probably covered or not, and. He's probably one of the few guys who actually looked like Connery a little bit. And uh, so German kobos, whose name was probably renamed something like Jerry Cobb, let's say, I don't know, possibly, um, But German kobos would not only look like Connery. I thought he was one of the better actors in these kind of things. And I actually liked this movie.
2: <laughs> and I see you didn't at all you, It didn't move you No, not at all
3: <laughs> I was
2: too distracted by the shortness of him And the uh, the fact that Yokotani was like, do I find her attractive Or do I not, because she looked really old But somehow the pigtails worked on her Still, so I'm like, alright, whatever Well, it's
0: about the same
2: time period As everything
0: else, more or less You, know, it's about, you would you think know, so, yeah But it was very different well, Yeah, well, everybody has bad days Weeks, months, you know
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so <Hey>, – <wait. laughs> You
2: liked it. Vice versa. You liked it. (laughs) Uh, So here's a really good one Mission Kill Agent Gordon. Some surprisingly gorgeous dancing girls who are about as coordinated as the Spice Girls, one of whom, Rosalba Neri, busts in on the Leeds hotel room with a gun and winds up telling all after he tickles her feet. And a supposed cover as a theatrical talent scout that gets blown inside the first minute. Uh, Another ugly old man lead, and some funny fight choreography, like when he dumps a guy into a pile of tires with his feet. Sticking out, kind of like a comic book. Uh Line is in an awful black buffon here, but looks good when stripped down to one of those black Italian girl slips. And the baddie is a tranny. Nice locations, including a bullfight, Carita fist fight. So there you go.
0: The baddie's a tranny? Yes. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
3: Yes, right. right. Oh, fuck
0: right. Yes. All right. No, I For a moment, I was like, "What is he talking about?" Yes. Roger Brown. Roger Brown also <laughs> is the star of this, and yes. Roger Brown. God knows, so that's not his real name. Roger Brown was also in a few peplums. He was uh, not beefy, but he was like kind of broad-shouldered guy. He did a few of these, and he was actually he was enjoyable uh, in the in the role Eurospy uh, genre thing. And you're right, yeah, the baddies tranny. We don't find that out to the very very end. This there's like three or four versions of it. it got cut a lot. Um, <laughs> probably one of that. Probably one of the cut versions was like the the that the baddies are tranny. Um has Van Renoir it, doesn't
2: it? Uh, it's very
0: possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's kind of a square jawed kind of guy. I think he's fine with the fisticuffs. I think he was enjoyable. The shocker for me that um, he was an Andrea Bianchi film in later years, maybe 87, 88, where he's sitting watching porno movies and simulating masturbating. (laughs) It almost brought a tear to my eyes. Like, fucking Roger Brown, man, you were a spy hero. (laughs) And, you know, it's like Lily Karate and Karen Schubert. And it was one of the, I can't remember the name of the Andrea Bianchi picture. And it could have been an erotic movie or something. We covered a lot of those back when we did the Italian Sleaze show, but yeah. I don't remember that
2: one in particular some of the stars and, and definitely Bianchi's so. but
0: Yeah, and I was like, It's Roger Brown <laughs> I was like, oh, "It sucks. But you know And
2: hey just Anyway, Just speaking of but, which, you know, earlier I made a, a joke based on uh, the Skip beat anime, and I don't know if it came across on air or not, but for some reason I guess I inspired my wife because she was playing Super Junior, who did the soundtrack for the Taiwanese uh, Skip Beat live action. <laughs> so if you heard it on air, if you wonder what the hell that was, that's what it was, uh, K-pop. Uh, so – Next up is Espionage in Lisbon, a really boring, super low budget, no sets job with Brett Halsey and hypnotist/slash hypnotist blowgun user Fernando Ray kidnapping a woman in a bad do, who gives a ridiculous head shaking performance of a mellow bossa nova jazz cut. Uh, nice shootout and old mission in the end, but good luck getting to that point. So, who's the, who's the credited
0: director on this thing?
2: Oh God, I God. don't even remember. For a
0: long time, they thought it was Franco, but uh, but uh, it turned out not to be a no, it's not uh,
2: Franco. Franco. I can't it was even Franco it might have worked <laughs>
0: Well, I, I, you know how we're doing tonight's show, so uh, like I'm trying yeah. to catch up
2: with you. Um. Yes, and funny, you know, like I said, oh. I del- I deliberately kept these things super short. I mean, when we do Eddie Constantine, I have more, longer reviews, and we can go into bigger chats. But since well, there's so many yeah, of these, what? I'm like, yeah, I just Eddie- you know, here a paragraph. Well,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, um, next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so next. Uh, last plane to Balbec. Uh, there's another hot Asian. Once, once again, it's Yoko Tani. Uh, is the only reason to watch this slow-moving Italian-French espionage snooze fest. That's really a turgid melodrama in disguise. That's all I had to say on that one. Do you remember this one?
0: Yeah, last nice. playing the bell like, Uh, I do because I actually wrote the back of the something weird. Yes, you, uh, did. you did. a
2: lot of these. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Uh, you should have seen the boxes that it arrived for me. Uh, <laughs> <size of them. laughs> I don't know what I write.
3: <laughs>
0: Who the hell knows? I have to pull it out. <laughs> no, don't pull it out. Don't pull yeah. it out. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. I remember it being a programmer, an adventure-type picture with kind of Eurospy leanings. You know, there was, like, hints of that in there. But uh, to be honest, I it's been so long since I've seen it. It's another one that, I'm sorry, I can't re- recall enough.
2: So uh countdown to doomsday, which is a much better example of the genre, with a tough two fisted Steve McQueen, James Coburn, Lee Marvin type lead, and a lot of gorgeous women, nice locations, a strip back with dinner gloves, and a whole lot of double crosses and gimmickry. So yeah, I like this one. Oh, it's that's uh believe it's Giorgio Arderson again. The guy I, really? I
0: like. And uh Yeah, that's a good one. It's 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 actually uh yeah, I, I think you're in for. Uh, if anyone wants to like investigate like the better pictures in the genre, if you can find anything with George Artisan or Georgie Artison, Artisan, uh, they're 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 a lot more entertaining. Um, we 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 don't have the time, or the inclination to go into things like who directed what. I mean, yeah. Uh, we you could you could message me if you want. And ask me and uh, for $5. No, just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or just you know, the, drop us a line at the
0: WordPress
2: or at the Facebook page. No, no, yeah.
0: no Totally, <laughs> seriously, or just kidding. Fucking went through. Uh, if you guys really want to know more about these or any of the pictures you're about to discuss, basically anything we've ever discussed in the show that you can't find or you would like to if we can help you out. Just send us a, just send us an email or a Facebook message. You know, uh, we're out there and uh, uh, we're friendly and we we <laughs> like animals. Not that's that right. Way. <laughs> oh, well, no. no, no,
2: not not like furries. No. We're actually we're actually animal yeah, lovers in the uh, the traditional sense. <laughs> yeah, <the> traditional <laughs> sense. let's help this no. animal that's in the road, not like uh, furries. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> anyway. yeah. Yeah, but uh, I
3: want to give you
0: that idea. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> So, well, yeah, yeah. If you don't seriously though, if you guys got queries, now please don't ask us where can I get this. I half ten dollars. No, we're not going to burn stuff for you, but maybe we could point you in the right direction, and yep. uh, and
2: hopefully you can find these things. So uh, next up, another really good one: Spy Today, Die Tomorrow. It's a German-Spanish mm. co-production that unfortunately loses big points in atmosphere by being set in that exotic locale of. Uh, the USA. Uh, Maria Perci balls this fat misogynist sergeant and old fat masseurs and the baddies kidnap pilots before Le- Agent Lex Barker and cute like Eddie Aaron to step in. Uh, a fat wrestler fights for union rights only get taken down by a four foot eight Spaniard. Uh, the baddies make an old fat guy strip at knife point. No, there's a lot of fat guys in this one. There's a lot of Bruno Nicolai and a style music. Lex shows off his scrawny old man legs in a suit <laughs> That makes out with a hot girl with a suicidal death wish. I always wanted to see her Mercedes from underneath, she says. Uh, Maybe she's cherishing a lifelong aspiration towards being a garage mechanic. I don't know. Uh, An old Walt Disney-looking baddie. Brad Harris shows up late in the proceedings, only to be killed off soon thereafter. And don't forget, childish adults are the most dangerous. That's another quote. Uh, It works pretty well early on, but it gets bogged down in the second half. And Aaron and Harris, unfortunately, are effectively cameos. So, there you go.
0: Well, yeah, it's a funny thing. Uh Lex Barker surprisingly surprisingly was really good in, in the uh, the Doctor Mabusa pictures. Uh yes. I, I really enjoyed the hell out of him. as FBI agent Joe Como of all things in those movies. And the couple of uh Eurospine things he did, I still like them. Um he was older, but the funny thing was, that he wasn't as. He was like. Yeah, you know, he's like Lee Marvin. He, he looked older than he actually was, which actually betrayed that he had some kind of something going on with him that nobody ever knew. Right.
1: Um,
0: so, like, when Lex Barker died on the streets of New York of a massive heart attack, he was 49 fucking years old, I think. Jeez. And he already looked like he was 60 back in 63, wow. let's say. And it's the same thing with Lee Marvin. Do you know Lee Marvin was perpetually young? When he really? passed away, he was in his fifties.
2: Oh I was shit!
0: Shocked. I thought he old was forever. Sh- <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, "Oh wow, he must have been like 82." And I'm looking it up, like, "Holy oh, shit!" That's a this guy was like 58 years old. That's scary, uh, but he was sick, and and Lex Barker was sick too. Um, so, but you know. I, I like Lex in this movie. It's not a great Euro spy film. Wolfgang Price is in it. Yeah, you already mentioned uh some hot Germanic girls. Um <laughs> I think it's all over the place. I think one of its problems. Um Who's the other guy? Sorry, Walter Rilla? Another Okay. Walter Rilla. another uh Doctor Bobo's favorite. And uh I actually don't mind it so much. I actually I think I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. I so seen it a uh. Long time, but. Yeah. Not as good to commit a murder. Uh, Louis Jordan creates catty insults with fat old men and beats the crap out of Dana, Danny Bonaduce and Jeff Beck. Well, it's really more of a slap fight with a lot of cutaways. Uh, he's yeah. a writer with a military past, and everyone's trying to recruit him to pull a hit. Santa Burger looks decent for a change. There you go.
0: <laughs> how do we respond to that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird Louis Jourdan film. Um, Louis Jourdan is an interesting actor. Did not warm to people. I don't know how he got all these huge female following. Yeah, like literally like oozed when, when they saw Louis Jourdan. Um yeah. I always thought he, he was cold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and pro- probably one of the best Louis Jardin things I ever
2: saw was his BBC Count Dracula. Dracula, yes, we, we mentioned was. that a couple podcasts back. Um, um,
0: and 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 he was fun in Swamp Thing too, but <laughs> he was horrible <laughs> in Octopussy. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I didn't. Mind he has the worst line there, of but all yeah. time in a Bond movie. Octopussy. But <laughs> even uh, I didn't like it. But it, it, this is one of those hybrid movies really. It's like it's like a mystery thriller come something else. And yeah. I think sometimes in, in, in dubbing they try to to sneak in little things to in the hopes of possibly marketing these
2: movies as something else. True. So um, another one that's actually pretty bad, the Black Monocle. Uh, two old fat guys who look cross between Jack Webb and Edward R. Murrow, but with the noses of W.C. Fields and Jimmy Durante and the looks of Ernest Borgnine and Aldo Ray, <laughs> visit a Turkish backhouse and wander around Hong Kong opium dens, Buddhist temples, and outdoor eateries while Miles Davis S. jazz plays throughout. At the end, a bunch of old Chinese men reenact West Side Story seriously and anticipate Michael Jackson's "Beat It" video in a backflip and dance-filled fight number. Atmospheric at times, but slow and plotless. For some reason, Barbara Steele cameos. So there you go.
0: Yeah, this is this is not a very good movie at all, and neither is the no. sequel.
2: There, there was a
0: follow-up. Um, George's Lautner is in it, I think, and probably yeah a minor uh French actor was in dramas during this time period. We're talking like sixty two, sixty three, I think, sixty one, sixty two. Um yeah, you probably you know French films are a bit more stodgy in this genre starting out.
3: Yeah. And
0: sure. uh, they were more talky, but they were
2: also more
0: how do you say well, see, I really love
2: Gains- the Max Picus yeah. films. I really love the Eddie Constantine films. That's different. Uh, That's different. You know, stuff with Serge Gainsbourg in it's usually decent. Uh, who's the fellow that did like, you know, uh, Touche Palais uh famous uh, French director, does a lot of crime films. Um, can't think of his name right now. Uh, not well, really like, uh, you, you,
3: yeah, no, well, you,
2: you mentioned Eddie Constantine. You know,
0: and those things started yeah. at like 57, 56. Yeah. And they went all the way up to like sixty five, I'd say. Um they were stylized. They were they were there's probably very few that are poor or bad. Some are less than great. Yeah. But but aside from those Eddie Constantine movies, which are like in a, a bubble of their own, yeah purely French films, not talking of co production, of the spy genre of this time period. Again, we're talking 59, 61, 62. Yeah,
2: they're pretty bad as a rule. It's true.
0: Yeah, pretty bad. They're slow. They're very talky. And, you know, Barbara Steele shows up as pretty much Barbara Steele. And so I think, uh, yeah, I remember these very well. And I was not thrilled with the Monocle. And I think the follow-up was the Monocle's Black Oracle or something like that, which I saw. Only in French, and it was even more disappointing to finally track it down <laughs> in French and find out,
2: wow, it sucks worse than the other one. So, <laughs> so uh, a better one, though, that is French uh, The Spy I Love, which was better known probably as a cop one secret agent, uh, football headed Ilya Kuryarkin slash Klaus Kinski lookalike, and his John Shuck looking. Vaguely tied to some espionage. Uh, they're rather laid back and casual about it. Uh, shuck alike there, almost takes down a real bruiser before a football head arrives with a gay zinger. You might break him, and I'd like to use him again. He seriously said this. Uh, a walk-on nurse looks straight into the camera for direction. Uh, Kelpin's a bit like early John Steed, as he's kind of a cold shit to both friends and girlfriends. Uh, he slaps them, he puts them in harm's way, he abandons them when they need him most. But, you know, overall, it's really not that bad. It was actually a decent film. So, what do you think?
0: I'm trying to figure out which one it says. I think, I think we're talking about Roger Brown again. I think so. And, um, as I said before, I enjoyed all Roger Brown's spy movies. Uh, I didn't think of him as a football hit. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually like this one.
2: Uh... So uh, one that isn't that good, Red Dragon, uh, Casual Racism from Batty Horse Frank, another assured yet irascible Stuart Granger lead, and Rosanna Schiaffino of The Witch fame looking pretty hot. Uh, A few nice Hong Kong shots, like there's a meeting in the Buddhist temple, but it's mostly bar, boardroom, dockside footage, and a lot of padding, unfortunately, and that's why it's not really that good. It kind of dies halfway through, but it just keeps plodding on and on and on. Uh, So it could have been a better film and a better setup, but... This doesn't work. So, How about you? Uh,
0: we're trying Granger, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of the. It's probably one of the. Uh, Stuart Granger did three or four of these. Of the least entertaining of all the Stuart Granger uh, spy pictures. Yeah, so I'm not sure why definitely. it doesn't work. Um, I think this one it should have more my- more German production values than, uh, you know, being a, say, you know, like, as I said in the outset, you know, Italy, Spain, whatever. Yeah, this one doesn't seem to work as much, although the the production values that are on screen do look well. Um, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a travelogue. log. remember back in these days. They went to Tunisia, to Hong Kong. And, you know, Kinda of cool to see shit like that, you know. was like as opposed to like American movies, American low budget movies we went to Universal Studios back lot. So uh <laughs> fun a fun movie, I think I think probably the worst of the Stuart Granger spy movies. I could
2: Yeah get that way. Confidential. so um, uh, Here's stupid. a good one. Target for a killing. Oh, no, Klaus Kinski is the pilot. I wouldn't want to fly that plane. Uh, another Stuart Granger job, this time with Stiffy Karen Dore. Uh After bringing the plane down when the pilots ditch mid-flight, Granger and Door play a long semi-romantic double act with spies trying to kill her for an inheritance. Uh, Granger's a lot more comic and laid-back than usual, drops one-liners left and right and is quite likable this time around. Uh, Klaus tries to help Dor, actually, before getting killed in the process. Adolfo Celli drops in for a senior tour. Dor does her usual annoying shrew come 18th time version shtick. But there's nice location footage, monks with machine guns. Dor shows off her unshaven pits, and it just works. Despite a glaring central flaw, they have to kill Dor before her 25th birthday. hate to tell you guys, you're about 14 to 20 years too late. There you go. What was the title of the uh, This one was "Target for a Killing." Oh it's yes, shows. yes, it's one of my favorites actually. Yeah, that's Personally. a
0: good
2: one.
0: Yeah, it's got a really, really great soundtrack, and the uh, the uh, the opening song is like really snazzy. The visuals are well edited. Um, I like this one. Yes.
2: Karen Doerr does look older.
0: She always kind of looked older though. She did,
2: yeah. And yeah she's always playing a virgin, early... and she's always, yeah, you know, always kind of a bitch early... and just cold. Well, and...
0: was early sixties. Anchor Wallace, like *Secret of the Black Widow*, yep. those kind of things. She, she, beard, and she always looked a little older. Um. Uh, I like it a lot. I I always had fun with that. I, it's probably one that definitely has replay value. Oh yeah. Um, this is a, a great movie, No. know, very entertaining one, and, yeah. and and yeah, Stuart Granger seems to be having a lot of fun, and yeah, you know, when your lead actor is having a lot of fun, um, you're you're these type of movies, you're in for a good time, as opposed yeah. to Daniel Craig, Inspector, who <laughs> I thought he was much more. Enjoyable in Skyfall, which after a few viewings I actually grew to like. And okay. Spectre, after watching it twice, I still like what the fuck Did take this movie take this series away from <laughs> the American Beauty guy. <laughs> Who's that guy? The guy made the American Beauty. Whatever his name
2: Yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. Uh you know what yeah. I mean. yeah, they yeah. Sam Mendes. Yeah,
0: there you go the idea that Sam Mendes can make a Bond movie. All right. <laughs> Skyfall <laughs> worked. It was a lot. It's a one-off. It was uh, what did we call these things years ago? It was just like an anomaly. It just happened. Okay. Yeah. Don't give them any more, because Skyfall was a complete fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, they have to make another one or get another guy or another actor. Please don't wait five years, because of course they're going to be too old. Yeah. I well, don't want to do it anymore. Anyway. Granger was actually getting older around this picture, which is sixty-nine, seventy. We're getting quite close now, yeah. and still, you know, pretty well. And uh, you know, there. there here's the point I'm trying to make: This is uneasiness watching your lead actor, your hero, romancing an older, uh, younger girl,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it's a bit of like, ooh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> um, well, probably the only thing that worked in Skyfall uh,
2: Was that the last one? Whatever it was called uh, What, Mission to Venice? Bellucci Oh sorry, that was the wrong one There's, uh, there's yeah. a, target for killing. a target for killing
0: Right, right but, but the last Daniel Craig Bond movie Was that Monica Bellucci was briefly his love yes. interest I was like, you yeah. know, I can believe that and it was stupid of them to kill her off Because they should have rewrote that movie at that point Yep, and that Karen Stuart Granger movie was kind of a believable point because you're like, okay, you know, she's new anymore, so we could sort of believe that. Although, unfortunately, we have her playing an ingenue, which is the problem.
2: But still, it's Great. a
0: it's a fun movie. Fun.
2: So uh, another good one, uh, Mission to Venice. Uh, French crime film slash espionage policier, with a decent-looking girl and plenty of twists and turns. The only problem is that Errol Flynn's son, Sean, is in the lead. A weird-looking guy with big, bushy eyebrows that don't match his blonde hair. He's a real sissy narcissist who says girlish things about himself and thinks he's hot shit, but he's sort of gay about it. Uh, Otherwise, it's a good, involving film, sort of an Eddie Constantine meets Max Peake affair. So, there you go.
0: I remember this movie, and and it's sad in a way because I I I think maybe maybe Sean Flynn would have found his footing as an actor. I don't think it's terrible in the part, and I uh, he decided to go to Vietnam as a war correspondent where he never came back. He disappeared. Um. So you know. It's not a great movie. It's not even an entertaining film, but historically, it's an interesting film because, like, well, how many people are interested to see what a film that pretty much starred The Son of Earl Flint was going to be like and have, like, a little action thing going on there, action by little,
2: This is this will be it.
0: Not a great movie, not a good movie, but I would say I've seen a lot worse.
2: So uh, another good one, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's a, a weird Italian comedy with an odd-looking – well, with odd-looking spaghetti western regular Giuliano Gemma. Uh, it knocks every spy, bond, and heist film of its era with a kind of throw shit at the wall and steal with sticks, rapid-fire run of nonstop gags. Surprisingly, it's not bad. I mean there's nice locations. There's some pretty impressive stunts from Gemma and the other guys in it. I liked it. So. I
0: never liked this movie.
2: Well, it is really hardcore Italian comedy That's the problem My wife hates Italian comedy, so I can see that Well, no, I I, I used to watch You know, there's like I I tracked down to
0: Lando Bazzacca Who's a a
2: famous Italian Oh, yeah, he did The the Eroticist, the Fulci film Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, he did two Called James Tonk, Operation Uno And James Tonk, Operation Due Da And they were fucking horrible and, you know, I think it made me appreciate Franco all more. <laughs> um, uh, not, not being snide, I miss being serious. Um, I never liked this. I like Giuliano Gemma. I, I think he's terrific in quite a few things. Um, this wasn't one of them. And I don't know. I never liked this movie.
2: So here's a film that I believe people like Tim Lucas are like trumpeted, like this is so great. And it was horrible. Uh that man from Rio, art house regular and another really odd looker of a Frenchman, Jean Paul Belmondo, who's kind of a dead ringer for Robert Hayes, for those who don't know him, uh, wanders around after his cute but daffy to the point of either being seriously high or schizophrenic and sort of bitchy girlfriend Francois Dolliac who gets kidnapped and shuffled off to Rio de Janeiro. Uh, There's some MacGuffin about three statues that lead to a treasure and lots of location footage of a sadly quite impoverished Brazil. But this is more of like a Jerry Lewis-style comedy than any sort of spy film. The best bit? Belmondo, who steals an old man's ticket to chase Doliak onto the plane and lands in Rio without a dollar to his name, winds up getting his shoes shined by an aggressive eight-year-old boot black, which means that, of course, he winds up having to shine the kid's shoes. Uh, They then get invited to spend the night in his cleverly set-up beachside treehouse before moving on with the plot. And surprisingly, it looks like Belmondo's doing his own stunts here, so it's not bad. But it's more for fans of this kind of slapsticky Jacques Tati, Jerry Lewis branch of French comedy. Uh, some Bardot films feel more Eurospy than this, and there are far more entertaining, funny, and aesthetic than this to boot. So I don't see what the big deal was. Well, well, the thing is you have to be – you have to kind of be initiated
0: issue into Belmondo films slowly, and, and uh, we're talking about That Man from Rio, correct? Yes. Yeah, Witcher, of which there are two versions of this. There's a shortened American and a longer French, obviously. Um, I've seen a lot of Belmondo pictures and he's like, he's the guy that Jackie Kent patented patent his whole shtick on. You know? Really? <laughs> with the, yeah, with the comedy, with the doing his own stunts. Um, Belmondo did a terrific French giallo of uh, mondo did a couple of really good thrillers um so he wasn't just wasn't just his thing um, he did comedies of course he you know the face the mugging uh he teamed up with the length along a few times too and you know of course porceino was the big thing for them um, I kind of like this but yes in terms of substance and there is, uh, uh, <laughs> is not really it's just it, entertaining. I will certainly go back to her every couple of years. Although, I have to agree with you, myself,
2: in as high regard as
0: other people do. Yeah,
2: Yeah. exactly. Um, So, then we've got the Agent 077 films, of which there were three, I believe. Uh, Well, not the best one, but one of the good ones is Agent 077, Mission Bloody Mary. Uh... It might go to your head and, buddy, you'll be dead, but you'll be rich, goes the goofy, overwrought theme song, before a hot Asian stripper who keeps Brother P-Touch messages inside her bra strap, stabs a chauffeur with a flashlight bayonet for no apparent reason. The extremely hairy back Ken Clark who bears this sort of Francois Papillon-like frosted blonde two-tone hairdo, uh, chases down a bomb in what's actually one of the better Eurospy films out there, uh, filled with Bondy and twists and turns and in international travelogue footage, uh, Helga Linet, who he identifies by two moles on her left hip, uh, rocks a lime-green babushka, ooh, sexy there, and turns out to be Asian. Uh, yes, Helga Linet turns out to be Asian. A Mario Bava-esque attention to some positively stunning Italian decor. Check out the Asian strippers hotel room. You know, good stuff all around.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, another guy uh, we were talking about, uh, I was uh, speaking of earlier, uh, and I didn't mention, but when I was mentioning George Orgerson, you know, Passport to Hell is another good George Orgerson, was Ken Clark. You know, Ken Clark yes. is another really good, um, perfect kind of all-American football player kind of guy who kind of works in this stuff. I, you know, sometimes sometimes things work and they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's why the Ken Clark Euro spy movies, because uh, I think after the... You know what? This is not as ridiculous as we thought it would be. Let's bring it back. Make more. Um,
2: and, yeah, this
0: is one of the best, better of them.
2: The least of the three that he did of uh, age 077 was From the Orient with Fury. A fish-eyed familiar face, who actually turns to be a father named Franco Roussel, uh, spaghetti western fatty Fernando Sancho, uh, they cameo. He came as an obnoxious tourist in a cheap suit. And Ken Scott, of course, but it's not a pimple on the ass of its predecessor. Uh, Fabian Dolly looks kind of milfy, but sort of hot anyway in her negligee, and looks damn good and wet. But the scenery's far less appealing this time around, and you can take that both literally and metaphorically. There's even a bad drag show. Marilyn Monroe, who gets way too much screen time here, ugh, it was horrifying. Uh, not as bad as several of the lesser films discussed here tonight by a long shot, but compared to something like Mission Bloody Mary. Pfft, Piece of shit. So go ahead. No, I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I think. Uh, Even with that Marilyn road drag queen wannabe. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I think.
0: I think <laughs> as they were getting toward the end of Ken Clark's reign. Uh, what was that movie called? Spetlana something, where he was like a ex-secret agent now a race car driver. Okay. And. uh uh, Daniela Bianchi was in that. Um,
2: oh, that may be the next one. We'll see. We'll get there in a minute.
0: There was a bit of a mess. Yes, Svetlana will kill on September twenty-eighth, <laughs> and as well as Bibelung Car was in that as well, and uh, it's a Sergio Grieco. And it's just a, eh. by that time, you know, the thing was when they had a when they had a movie that worked. Let's talk about Ken Clark. When they had a movie that worked that was successful. And the, the crew saw it as well. And they said, you know what? Let's make a couple more. They would cram out like four or five pictures in a in two-year period. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the by, the, by the fifth picture, it would be so ludicrous. Because they're like, okay, write, write something else. Write, you know, we, we have this guy for, he's going to be in Italy for two years. And by the fifth picture, it's so ludicrous whatever the yeah. It's a disaster,
2: you know? Well, in this case, and I don't think it's the same film you were talking about, but it, you may have been, uh, which is 18077 Special Mission Lady Chaplin, and that's the oh, last one we're in this series. But I love this one. Uh, the yeah. baseline from these boots are made for walking kicks off. Daniela Bianchi as a nun with a machine gun, an overall yeah. theme song courtesy of Bruno Nicolai, Lady Chaplin, a, a gunfight at a Carita bull ring. And some weird Italian thing that I didn't understand where old men are watching young girls play bad tennis while yelling at stockbrokers who volley balls back and forth to them by hand. Um, it's a high fashion show, rich assholes who have scorpion fights for kicks, a guy takes a bath in photographer's acid, and some goofy oceanographer who looks like a cross between Dick Randall and Nigel Bruce. It feels low budget, but it's a huge improvement over the trilogy low point of Orient with Fury. So go ahead. Oh no! This is this is a good one
0: actually. Who's it our villain, Jacques? He was in the hypnotic eye, Jacques something. Sir, so not. Nice. Oh yeah. And um, the uh, it ends. I would say low budget. I'd say it's actually had a medium budget. The the uh, visuals look pretty good. The location shooting looks great, and it ends with a very Bondian. Uh, mystic I've seen in a, a sub, submarine. So yeah. um, I think this is above average, and this is probably the one that
2: uh be a good element. This is actually a good candidate for people to put out. Yeah, well, actually, there is a set from, I believe, Dorado Films that had all three 18077 films in it uh, that oh. I got years ago. Very good. And actually the other film uh, that was in the set was not related called Electra One, which is actually really good too. Uh, a grim but action-packed Spanish Andrew uh, with a Vic Tabak look-alike as a thug. And Mr. Rogers as a not-so-dashing lead, uh, thinning haired college shirt under a sweater sporting 97-pound George Martin, who looks a bit like Burt Ward, uh, represents mm. a U.S.-Russian joint effort to take back a deadly virus formula. Uh, Rosalba Neri and a lot of my French crime film feel. And it all ends in the Alps with a ski lift battle and a nod to North by Northwest crop-duster scene. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's not one I, I liked
0: personally. Um, what I do want to say is we're going to the point where we're gonna you're going to lose us live that the Commissar X films are coming up.
2: Yes. That's actually the very next thing I'm going to. Uh, Commissar X. Okay, so basically I had seen five of these. I think there's actually six or seven. Kiss, um, mm-hmm. Kiss, Kill, Kill. Uh, After a song about how hot he is, they repeat Joe Walker's name about 250 times in the course of the film. Make it a drinking game at your peril. Uh, Then a guy says, you can understand why every male would want to get rid of Joe Walker. So you get the idea. But it's still loads of fun. Did you want me to go through all four of the films or five of the films and then you can talk about it? Or do you want to tackle them all in one? Are you there? Hello, are you there? Yes. Okay, we appear to have uh, lost one of us. Lewis, are you there? Okay, I'm going to assume that I'm still the one that's on and keep talking. Uh, So then next is Death Be Nimble, or Death is Nimble. Uh, Go to Pakistan and beat up the locals. Uh, Joe beats on some random taxi driver and steals his car, and when he runs away, he's the criminal they arrest. At the end, even the elephant is hot for him and has a better ass than either of his girls. Seriously, this woman has some grossly, shapelessly wide rear views. Uh, so are you there? Can you hear me? E. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Everything yeah, suddenly I I... silent. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you did or I did. So did you hear my kiss, kiss, kill, kill one? Because that was for death is nimble.
0: Oh, no, I, I missed part of that. It kind of, you kind of like broke up, and then you went silent. But like I stayed on, figure you'd come back.
2: All right, well, so I wasn't sure who lost here. But basically the first one was, after a song about how hot he is, they repeat Joe Walker's name about 250 times in the course of the film. Make it a drinking game at your peril. Uh, then a the guy says, you can understand why every male would want to get rid of Joe Walker. So you get the idea what that one was like. And uh, I guess you had heard the Death is Nimble one about uh, go to Pakistan and beat up the locals. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, did you want me to keep going with the other films that I'd seen here or did you want to like jump well, in there and take care of stuff?
0: Well, you know, the, the Commerce for X movies, I, I really... um, They're based they're on fun. a... Uh, they're based on a... Uh, uh, series of books. And... Uh, very popular at the time. Um all people, uh Gianfranco Parallini uh was one of the people that, that worked on these as a director. And you know, so we got Tony Kendall who was actually Luciano Stella, you know, uh I don't know if you already mentioned this before. He's you know well known for uh yeah, a couple of things, Lorel the uh, Lorelei's grasp, um Yes. We talked about him during and, the uh the Dissorial show. Yeah, and, and the other dessertial, the, the Return of the Blind Dead. And uh so he plays <laughs> he plays his Kill uh <laughs> he plays Whoever's this plays this hot yeah, he plays a private eye and the the, the tightest pants imaginable. <laughs> and uh Jet Black here, I mean he's real he's a real dark Italian. Um, he's, you know, he's got, like, the shirt, the button-down shirts, like, up to, like, the third button, leaves it open here, a chest guy, and he's, he's buddies with Captain Joe Walker, yep, who, who's, who's uh, an agent, you know, and that's, that's, uh, that's our girlfriend Brand Harris from the Peplums, yep, and, uh, it's funny, you wouldn't think these guys work together well,
2: Not and they do. They did. Yeah, and just because uh, the way you said it, it sounded like you were saying that Brad Harris was Joe Walker. He's the other guy, whoever the hell that was, with the bushy eyebrows. Uh, Brad Harris is kind of the muscle his buddy, sidekick. That's kind of, I guess, long-suffering in a lot of ways because he never really gets the girls, even though he's the guy with a nice body. Uh, Somehow the geeky guy gets (laughs) them, just because he's supposed to be so suave.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, Tony Kendall, Tony Kendall. Right, right, Tony Kendall. Tony Kendall. Um, I don't know, you know, these pictures uh, the kiss, kiss, kill, kill is the first one and right. that's probably the best because you've got a, a megalomaniac, isn't there any other thing right. with a, a, bev- a bevy of an army, forget about a bevy an army of uh, predominantly blonde chicks in skin tight yep. suits and capes. Hey!
3: Have kids
0: <laughs> um, with automatic weapons uh, bent on taking over the world, and these girls kick ass. And you know, Joe Walker, who's got a cool theme song. Joe Walker, um, <laughs> who, who, who's trying to like fuck every girl he sees. Really, <laughs> that's the whole thing with this whole series. Um, Joe Walker. They're starting
2: to screw these girls, and they're like, they karate the shit out of him. You
0: know? Yep.
2: And they say his name so many fucking times in this movie. Like I said, I dare you to make it a drinking game. You'll be in the hospital. There's no there's no way. Oh. Every <laughs> time you see so... Joe
0: Walker, take a swig
2: of bourbon. Joe Walker, Joe Walker. you, yeah, that's it? you, you <laughs> You're cirrhosis of the liver? Forget it. You'll be in a coma. Uh, but
3: <laughs>
2: It's, uh, it's yeah, a fun yeah, film, yeah,
3: yeah. though. They all are. It's a fun
2: film. Uh the production
0: values are, are pretty good. Um uh it's fun. Death is nimble, death is quick it's, it's a lot of fun too. I mean there's a couple of these this year. The weirdest one though. The weirdest one was the last one.
2: Commissar uh, X one? called C
0: L S D. Oh, and, okay um, so
2: Let me go – I'll give you my four lineups here for the uh, – write-ups for these four films or five films, and then we can jump back to – don't forget that one. Uh, So Death is nimble. if you didn't hear it before because I don't know who was cutting in and out. Go to Pakistan and beat up the locals. Joe beats on some random taxi driver and steals his car, and when the guy runs away, he's the criminal they arrest. Uh, At the end, even the elephant's hot for Joe Walker, and by the way, has a better ass than either of his girls, because these women have some seriously gross, shapelessly wide rear views, Uh, and they actually make them all walk together, the elephant and the two girls side by side. Uh, Kiss Me Deadly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss Me Deadly, they're hot for Imelda Marcos, uh, Vic Tabak, Joe Pesci, Joe D'Amato, and some truly awe-inspiring dancing from our two leads. Fake Asians, flipping folks while running down a busy main street, and the 50s gals in chinos with synchronized whips. Uh, The one that you were going to get to very shortly, Death Trip, which is actually the only one of these that I didn't enjoy. Uh, Some Nonsense About LSD, Joe's a Drunk, the Two Aren't Friends, and A Camel Talks. Uh, and I Love Lost Women, which is what I thought you were going to say was the craziest. Another Thailand set adventure, but far less successful as a travelogue and darker toned than 13 Days to Die. I mean, come on, it opens on a cockfight and deals with white slavery. It shows a very grotty side of Thailand, and they've got even underage girls on this island. It's hardly the usual Black Emmanuel sort of affair. This may actually be the worst anti Thailand tourism film ever made. Who's the Carl Warden look like? Nice schnoz. Did she even pay for that lucky bird she set free at the street vendors? Good thing they're holding the fifth annual police conference there in Bangkok. <laughs> the maid seems I, I awful happy that, to peep. Go ahead. I, I think that picture I
0: actually shot in the Philippines. I don't think they would let them shoot in Bangkok. Not the way uh, they were, were writing Bangkok?
2: about Bangkok. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah. The maid seems awful happy to peep on Brad Harris in the shower, by the way. And then she steals his entire closet full of clothes. Uh, Brad running around in ladies' chinos and slippers and roughing up black midget doormen. It's kind of a serious high point, huh? Is that melee girl really supposed to fall in for Joe Walker's obnoxious early 60s German hipster charm? And do the baddies really need to inject a fucking cat with poison? No animals were harmed in the making of this film. It's been years away yet. The cats say that drugged or killed on camera. Watch its eyes. Uh, I like when they meet the women behind all of this with her turban-wearing white guy manservant, and he takes the poison tea that she intends for them and dies right in front of everyone. Who can say why he decided to commit suicide, she says. That got a big laugh out of us. Uh, That damn marmoset steals every scene he shows up in. He may be smarter than Brad Harris. Uh, Tony Kendall looks more like Roy every time we see him. We're Siegfried. And what's with his atrocious fashion sense? Those jackets are blinding. They're so tacky. Still a damn sight better than Death Trip and very, very watchable in all its sleaziness. So that was my write-ups for all five of the films. So go back to Death Trip. (laughs) Oh, man, you, you got me, you got me, like, spinning. Um
3: <laughs>
0: death, death Trip, actually, Death Trip is interesting because this is the part where I give you information you don't need. want. <laughs> Dave Friedman, of all people. Really? Who had a, a, a film company called uh, Film Ventures or something like that. He bought a couple uh, overseas product, and he tried to spice them up for the VHS market. You know, Dave. You know, we're talking about the 80s. Dave was still trying to make a buck, and he took Death Trip, and he decided, "What can I make money with on this picture?" It's 1969 fucking spot movie, <laughs> and it's in the 80s, right? So right. they 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 took uh <laughs> they took strobe light pictures of some chicks stripping, <laughs> and then they took naked uh, photos and they colorized them of a woman stripping in a locker room, and they interspersed that into Death trips. And then they re-edit, re-edited it, parts of Death Trip, and they made it the soft kill. Yeah. So um, there was a VHS version of Death Trip out there called the soft kill, which began with a completely different scene and suddenly segued into a woman stripping in a locker room. Mm-hmm. And this was like Dave Friedman's way of trying to spice it up for the 80s, but like it was so passe by then, it was useless um pretty bizarre it's worth it it's worth it if you could track down for the soft kill all folks because also what <laughs> Freeman did was they slowed up to slow motion some of the scenes and then they added some kind of pixelization so you know the parts where like uh, I think Joe Walker's supposed to be on acid right they colorized that of the movie to weird colors. <laughs> but meanwhile, the movie's working slow, but the dialogue's at normal speed. so It's very fucked up.
2: It it mind the it's a color film in the first place. so
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's a color film in the first place. Why would you bleed it out and then recolorize it? <laughs> now, for Commissar X the LSD, which is the last picture and the one with more infusion of German money, and I believe it's 1971, so they actually had a year or two off. Um,
2: yeah, not seen
0: this one. It, it, it's very graphic. Actually, it begins. No shit, folks. It begins like a mondo movie. First thing we really? see is uh, 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 first thing we see is like poor people in Italy, right? Okay, all right, sure, I'll buy that. And then we see people tying up and shooting up junk into their arm. And then we see the typical heads back and the eyes go in the head. Was like, oh it looks like they just shot up fucking junk. And then <laughs> then we see a couple of dead people with their arms full of so many needle marks it didn't quite look like it was movie. And suddenly you know, Joe and and, and, and and the captain, they're on you know, they're on a mission, but it suddenly it's darker. It's it's tinged with. I think they tried to bring Joe Walker and, and his buddy into the swinging '70s, but yeah. it was the dark '70s, and it was the last picture in the series. And uh, Tony uh, Tony Kendall looks visibly older in this one. Brad Harris still always looks good. Yeah, you know, Brad Harris. Yeah. You know, muscle guy that he was, he always stayed in fit. So even when he got older, he was fine. But as as Tony Kendall aged, yeah, I I, just, I don't want to say he looked horrible, but you see, like he looked like a like a creepier version of his younger self, you know, creepy older version. It's a very strange <laughs> movie in the series. What began as a pop art extravaganza, you know, Euro spy fucking glam thing that held off with three good pictures. I then mm-hmm. started getting kind of weird by the sixth picture. We got into like this weird territory here. And that was wound up being the last one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, um, we're kind of like, obviously ran over it, but I don't think we're going to have enough time to tackle eight Jerry Cotton films. So, do you want to save that for maybe when we talk Eddie Constantine? That would be That would be fun. Or, or, uh, or, uh, Kansky, but that might be too long.
0: No, that was too be long. Sure. We might, we might, we might want to consider something uh, one day. Uh, <sighs> yeah, because George Nader was gay, and, yes. and and George Nader was not as closeted as a lot of other people were, which is why he went to England. Uh, I'm sorry, Europe. Sure. Sure. And um, he had a bit of a success with these Jerry Cotton films, which would it, would require you and I to actually describe them because yes they're not just they're not just flippant you know in 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 three sentences these these are what jerry cotton movies are they're they're very unique they're very different. Yeah, I mean,
2: even the the the... descriptions uh, that I'd written. I mean, you know, you saw how long that last one was—the last of the Comstar X ones that I reviewed—and how it was like, you know, maybe three times or four times as long as everything else I mentioned. That's kind of how they were. I mean, I wrote, you know, basically as it went along. I'm like, okay, well, I got a couple paragraphs here at least, even trying to be concise. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely gonna take a little longer to, to touch on that. And, you know, no, you had mentioned had
0: Jerry, how Jerry he was gay. It could be its own
2: show. You know, it could be its own one-hour show. Hey, you know, it's okay if a shows an hour. We're
0: fuck. Uh, <laughs> I, I,
2: again, I, you I think... Was you, gay. And you don't really notice that. It never really comes off. I mean, somebody like Peter Van Eck, who may or may not be gay, seems super gay on film. Uh, but somebody like... And even somebody like Stuart Granger, wasn't he gay as well? And he, you couldn't tell that if he was. Oh, I don't. Know. Uh, I don't
0: know. No, I think he was the ladies' man actually.
2: I think he was okay. the ladies' man. Just, oh, there you no, go. That's why. But yeah, and George Nader, it's not it's come off as.
0: Yeah. He doesn't. I I think George. You know, I I was very much going to write an article at one time for a magazine, that kind of fell through the assignment. And the article uh, was, I was envisioning was George Nader, the first gay action hero. And I think, in a way, it touches on everything there is to say about that whole series. You know, yes, he's not playing it that way, but he was a gay man. Who was a, uh, he's, And that's, you know, in retrospect, the first gay action hero, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, the guy the guy is terrific. And the movies are strange, weird, and... Yes, they are. They're
2: like Krimis. Like they're like Edgar Wallace. They're like hero spies. But still they're not. Yeah, exactly. Still they are around a lot of these... These German, okay, you got, you're got used to the Creamies, you're used to the Mabuzas, you're used to even stuff like 13 Days to Die, and it's none of those. It's, I don't know. They're an animal unto themselves, and Jerry was kind of a uh, a tough guy, FBI agent, but not really like, okay, let's be a James Bond. He was more like, I hate to say a cop, but it was kind of like the tough cop films that would come in the 70s. This was almost leading towards those. It was leading in that direction. So like I yeah, said, yeah. it's it more than a couple of minutes. And as the pictures got later into the series,
0: they made this poor guy who was uh, I don't know how old he was.
2: Now he had to um, be in, was
0: Like what, forties, fifties? Yeah, doing some incredible stunts. Mm-hmm. He, you know, George Nader did some incredible stunts. I'm like, holy shit, you know, it's uh, really good stuff when you got some really good horse Frank, you mentioned him earlier, he, he shows mm-hmm. up points of drive. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we will we will be discussing that. So in essence, I think this is our Eurospy show. We hope you enjoy it. There was a lot more to cover, but we, we could be talking for hours about this stuff. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening this entire season. Um, thank you for listening the last year and a half. Uh, we I really appreciate it. And uh, we're taking a little break because this lots of stuff. And uh, it's good to revitalize ourselves
2: and recharge our batteries, right? Hey, you know, <laughs> it's summertime, you know, we, we all need a little break here. You know, so, That's
0: uh, true. My wife was, yeah.
2: Like I mentioned last week, she, she said, you know, you. A lot of times you feel like you're pushing too hard with all this stuff that you do, and uh I don't always agree because you know it does give some extra spice to life, but uh it's good to be out there, so I enjoy being on air and chatting with friends and things like that, like we're doing, having these lively amusing debates uh about whatever kind of crop we're into, but you know uh it definitely doesn't hurt to go and uh, have a little bit of time especially in the summer to just kind of chill out and recharge our batteries, and you know yeah yeah, yeah to-
0: recharge our batteries and then-
2: we, we what we're gonna do next? We do next something
0: season. sometimes too. Yeah, you know, and uh, we may be back on a new server, folks. We don't know about that it's a possibility. That'd be
2: nice. We'll see. We've,
0: we've been having, we've been having difficulties with the Blog Talk Radio, uh, which which is our current server. Uh, a lot of, I know a lot of people I know use that, um, but we we are having so many difficulties, and I'm sure others Are as well.
2: So anyway, yeah, thank not, you for no, listening. Well, I mean, We've been doing mm-hmm. shows on this network. I mean, not this show here, but uh, for five years now, and it seems like the problems are increasing. So that says something. It's not just okay. The technology is getting ahead or something like that. No, no, no. There's something going on with Block Talk Radio. I don't know what the problem is, but there's definitely been many more problems in the last, you know, maybe two well, months than there's been in all five years. So
0: they also have a lot more ads. I notice that every time I yeah. sign on, there's like all these ads you have to close. <laughs> and sometimes it knocks you out of Blog Talk Radio because you have so many windows to
2: close. Yep. So uh anyway, we'll, we'll figure something, something out back. and
0: uh we'll be back and uh it might be in the fall, but we'll be back and
2: uh better than ever. That's right, you got forty so. shows to dig through, so uh go re listen and have some laughs, pour a few drinks. <laughs> And, uh, enjoy and definitely check out some of the stuff that we recommend, or if you're really a sadistic or a masochistic, I should say, check out some of the ones we definitely do not recommend just for a laugh and see how bad they really are. Uh, and we will be back, you know, uh, definitely by September, but you know, who knows, maybe earlier, we'll see what happens. Uh, time will tell. And yes. I, yeah.
0: Yeah. And one final note, as I mentioned earlier, uh, if ever you people, uh, night show or older show if there's something you want to ask us about like a film or like where <laughs> can you get something and you are too lazy to do the research uh maybe we could help you out and uh, point you in a direction uh gray market is all but dead now i believe it's almost is dead there's like yeah. a few out there but Really, so much stuff has been out, coming out, even overseas, uh, Amazon UK, Amazon uh, French, it's something. So uh, we could probably help you out, pointing you in the right direction. Um, but remember, though, the more esoteric the subject matter we discuss, the more harder it's going to be to find some things, but we'll try to help you. So, you know, we're here.
2: That's true. Yep, and uh, feel free to drop us a line about anything, you know, comments, suggestions, ideas for show topics, uh, just want to complaints, shoot the breeze. We hey. complaints, too. <laughs> I don't know about that. What's are funny ones. Uh, but uh, drop us a line, you know. We're at uh, weirdscenes1.wordpress.com and facebook.com forward slash weirdscenes1. Uh, you know, just message us. Um, and, of course, we're also on Twitter, but I don't know if you can contact us there directly, Uh, which is twitter.com forward slash scenes one or at weirdscenes1. And we will see you uh, definitely by September, if not earlier. So anything else you want to say? That's it. Have a good rest of the summer, folks. Cheers. Enjoy. Don't uh, get too burned in a barbecue pit or something. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed our little drawing room chat on EuroSquad Films. Uh, We'll we'll see you probably uh, by September. If you would like to contact us here, comments, suggestions, uh, comments, or if you're a filmmaker, musician, and you'd like to join us on air, drop us a line on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash scenes one or our website, dot com. Weird Scenes inside the Gold Gun, brought to you by the Big Papa Online Network, at least currently on the Black Radio.